And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. I'm Doug Hagman at the helm. Of course, we broadcast, folks, uh, every weeknight, Monday through Friday from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Global Star Radio Network. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us. You can catch us live as well, simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, YouTube Live, which you're watching right now, of course. And uh, of course, we little archive itself, and uh, as as does uh, as does Global Star and uh, uh, Blog Talk. So we're good to go. Information on venues: go to Hagman and Hagman dot com. There you can watch the show as well. That's Hagman and Hagman dot com, and uh, Hagman Report dot com for news, information, and things you need to know. Welcome to the program tonight, folks. You got a lot of stuff to get into tonight. Um, I want to let you know. Uh, Joe's taking some personal time throughout the holidays, so, uh, with our blessing. So, um, I'm going to be kind of manning the fort for a while. So it's, uh, it's, it's good. It's all, everything's good. Um, now, uh, tonight we've got, uh, news information, some certain news events that we've got to hit tonight. Uh, just certain things, a lot of things taking place. I want to just catch you up to date on important things. And then <clears throat> at eight o'clock, we're going to have Doc Marquis come on. He uh, he has apparently not apparently. I I know what he's got. He's got an, a major announcement about a finding, and um, this is going to be the first time it's broadcast anywhere. So looking forward to that. That's why we've got a. You can't, I don't think you can see it right now. We have a screen over here. You're going to watch it at the same time we watch it. Uh, you heard, I think, on Election Day, he had mentioned, he was one of the guests on Election Day talking about the election. He had mentioned this. So you're going to be able to see that coming right through uh, here on screen. And we're, we're going to watch it all together. So it's it's good. Now, some of the more mundane news, of course. I did a video earlier today. You can, you can go to hagmanreport.com. And the link to the video is there on HagmanReport.com. But I did a video. It's, it's only a seven, eight minute video. I don't, I don't remember what it was. Um, concerning what's taking place at the Electoral College. In a weird, it's something I did not set out to do. I ended up talking with a total of three, uh, members of the Electoral College. It was, it was weird how everything happened. I had no idea. I had no plans to talk to any members of the Electoral College. I ended up talking to three out of 538 members. Kind of weird how things like that happen. And as of noon today, uh, the gentleman I spoke with, now this, the two, two were from Texas actually, and one was from the state of New York. And here, Here's the takeaway from what I've learned. And I, I just, I, I, I want to be, be sure that we all were aware of the, of what's going on here. 
you know there's a full court press right now. You might not think this is important, but I believe it is. There's a full court press right now to, uh, to overturn, to delegitimize the Trump victory. We know that. Well, the way the American process works, of course, you've got the Marxists within the government. You've got the communists within the government who want to turn this into a straight democracy when it comes to voting. Because, of course, five times in American history, including the most recent election, you've had uh, popular the winners of the popular vote of election, ostensibly, in this case, Donald Trump, uh, having lost the popular votes, again, allegedly having lost the popular votes, I'm, they're still being tallied, but yet won the Electoral College. Now, remember, we had talked about this with respect to Hillary Clinton, you know, uh, thinking that uh, this could be the case for Hillary Clinton. And I'm not so sure that the popular vote with respect in fact i would i would say that the popular vote is by wide mathematical margins off i don't believe that donald trump lost the popular vote again the the votes are still being counted and tallied so we still have a way to go but nonetheless um when you vote you vote for in your state you vote for a slate of electorates these are members of the Electoral College. They are committed to one candidate or the other, they're, or whoever they're committed to, Trump, Clinton, um, in this case, you know, the two major parties. Well, the electorate, the electors, the members of the Electoral College won, uh, Trump won 290 electoral, uh, electoral college votes. Hillary Clinton won 232. Now, again, there are 538 members of the Electoral College. Just to give you a little bit of a kind of a history lesson here, civics lesson, government lesson, the uh, United States Electoral College was, is established by the United States Constitution by Article 2 of the United States Constitution to, to select what they do is they select the President and Vice President of the United States. And I've gotten emails about my about my uh, video saying, oh, no, there's no other, there's no other voting after the general election. Uh, and, and I'm thinking, wow, yes, there is. There's the assembly of the electoral college, and then there's a vote that they make. Now, uh, most of the elector, most of the 530 electors, and I won't get into the background, you know, how they're tied to the representatives and the senators and such, and how they're allocated by state. I'm not going to get into that. I'll just say that, uh, um, or even the winner-take-all aspect of things or how they could split up uh, by state. You can read for that yourself. But as it stands right now, there are 538 members of the Electoral College. 290 are have won and committed to Trump. 232 for Clinton. It's the Electoral College vote that counts. That takes place on December 19th. You notice, however, the numbers I just gave you only add up to 522, not the 538. Well, that's because there are 16 undecided, uncommitted, shall we say, uh, members of the Electoral College. Yet 16 to 522, that's 538. All right. So having said that, there's still a, a, a six or a, a 58 
vote margin between Clinton and Trump. That's quite a margin. Even you take the 16, and let's just say the 16 would, would cast their, their votes for Clinton. You take 16 from 58, and you get 42. Well, again, it's a win regardless for Trump. Now, here's the, here's the thing. <clears throat> can, and, and this has been argued and discussed, can the Electoral College elect Hillary Clinton instead of Donald Trump on December 19th, despite having the votes? In other words, can the members of the 290, can they change from Trump to Clinton? Or can, alternatively, could the 232 change from Clinton to Trump? Both questions, yes. It's highly unlikely, but the short answer is yes. <clears throat> now, I'll just throw a caveat in here. Yes, while it may be constitutionally possible, it's not going to happen, at least not to every constitutional expert that I've spoken with. But having said that, there is a push, and getting back to the conversation with three members of the, of the Electoral College, again, two in uh, Texas, one in New York State. Getting back to the conversations I've had, there is a war taking place, and the cannon fodder of this war are the members of the, of the Electoral College. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, it's this. There is a concerted effort to do whatever it takes to get the members of the Electoral College to change their vote. Specifically, 60 or more to change their vote to vote for Clinton as opposed to Trump. Or to do other things to throw the election into chaos. Alright? Remember, there's a change.org petition that was signed by more than 4.3 million people that encourage members of the Electoral College to cast their votes for Clinton when the college meets on December 19th. Um, the argument here, once more, is the fact that Clinton won the popular vote. All right. So, if they all vote the way the states voted, Donald Trump would win the petition states. However, they can vote for Hillary Clinton if they so choose, even in states that where it's not allowed. And there are some states... And this gets into, again, the civics lesson, which is kind of, which I don't want to bore you with, but, um, uh, you, there are some uh, members of the electoral college that can change their votes or they're not committed strictly to a candidate, but they are, but, but they make a pact with the voters at the voting booth, oftentimes in the primaries, to say if, for example, if there's a contested primary or if there's more than one, uh, uh, if there are, if, if it's a crowded field in the primary, if you vote Trump, there sometimes on the primary ballot, you're, you're going to be asked, or you're going to be asked to uh, to appoint electors who are for a certain candidate, and those people say, yes, I will vote for Donald Trump if he wins, whatever. So, but again, that gets into the minutia, and that's not what I'm talking about here. I don't want to talk necessarily about the about the minutia, but the conversations I had were were, were this. The members of the Electoral College have been getting emails, phone calls, 
stating you've got to change. You've got to vote. You've got to, instead of voting for Trump, you've got to vote for Clinton. And this is upwards of some two, 250, 275, 300 emails per day. There was an article today, and it was so odd the way that this came about, because I saw it in the Tennessean, and I thought, ah, it's not really a big deal. And I, I really didn't think much of it. I, it was early, and I just didn't really, I thought, ah, no big deal. In, in the in the Tennessean, that's uh, Tennessean.com today, there was an article where it states that Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's Electoral College members say that they're being harassed by opponents of President-elect Donald Trump and inundated with hundreds of emails and phone calls asking them to change their electoral vote. And several members of their Tennessee's Electoral College delegation told the Tennessean this week they've received as many as 200 emails per day and a handful of phone calls. And if you've ever been on the receiving end of a something like this, you understand how quickly this can turn to absolute harassment. If you've ever been in, in an office environment or a home environment and call after call after call after call, email, I mean, multiply that times 10. And, and this is kind of that, that, that pressure, and it's harassment. But anyway, so that appeared in the Tennessee, and then I had a series of conversations. Here's the difference, however. The difference is the the pushing is not put, the, the pushing to change the vote is not just coming from the United States. Well, this is a U.S. election. Many of the emails using the very same template of those originating in the United States are coming from the U.K., Australia, all across Europe, even some uh, Indonesia, especially some from Central America and South America. So, I'm waiting on some documentation before I write about this with uh, any degree of specificity in terms of the template and tracing this back with authentication. Before I do that, I'm waiting for some paperwork because I want to compare the language used and uh, I want to to look at the verbose headers on the emails to see that, you know, to, to verify, in fact, which country they're coming from. But the bottom line here is that this appears to be funded by the globalist left, the globalist, and that this is on an international level. This is, this is a fight on an international level. Now, why should that surprise me? Why should that surprise you? It really shouldn't. Except to say that there is something else built into this when you look at when you look at the language of the emails and you look at who's being targeted, how this is being, how the entire um, process is being executed, the level of uh, coordination. You, I, I can see ties within the, well, I'll just come around and say it, within the Clinton Foundation, Clinton camp, Clinton, the whole Clinton cabal. And they're using assets, inner, inner, um, uh, well, assets in other countries, other groups, uh, corporations, NGOs, to execute this level of harassment. So, you know, it, it's funny. I just uh, let me uh, let me just let me pull this up here because this is see this is the type of email I'm getting. Okay. Um, This from Randy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, uh, Randy, I'm just gonna address you 
directly, okay? Randy writes this, why in the hell, and I'm quoting this, why in the hell are we even talking about the Electoral College? We are getting sucked in by these satanic creatures. Stop it. Okay. Okay, so what do you want to talk about? You want to exchange uh, cookie, Christmas cookie recipes, Randy? Is that what you want to do? The reason I'm addressing you and I'm addressing this one email is because there appears to be this this mental disconnect. Yes, I get it. It's probably not going to happen, despite the leftist Marxist uh, uh, attempts to, uh, to, cha- to to want to change the constitution of, of this country. Despite the harassment, despite the the bribes to the Electoral College, yes, I get that. It's not going to happen. But you've got to expose the tactics of the enemy. Randy, come on, man. Again, we can, we can, if this doesn't matter, if this doesn't matter, then what does? Which story matters? See, and, and, and when I, ever since I did the email, I, or did the uh, video, I've been getting emails like this. Yes, the electoral college is not going to is not going to be changed i don't believe because that would cause such a civil war it uh it hasn't it hasn't happened uh but it it can happen but the fact of the matter is by exposing the tactics of these globalists we can further expose the uh the globalist agenda and the globalist tactics and the globalists themselves this is why it's important and it's also important because of this randy it's also important because of this this is the same group when you start looking at where these emails are originating by exposing the verbose headers of the, of the emails, looking to see if any of the headers are spoofed or whatever, and tracking it down to the source. You can see when you start exposing the, when you compare it to the Podesta emails that have been released by WikiLeaks, you can take and see the, 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 the perpetrators of the attack on the electors, okay? So, in other words, we can confirm this type of activity, which I suspect, I believe, if it's coming from outside the United States or an American company outside of the United States or any corporation outside the United States or entity attempting to meddle in American affairs, it should be exposed for what it is. And if it's coming from within the United States, it should be exposed for what it is. So in totality, it's important. And if it can be matched up to the same funding sources, because we don't have people sitting there uh, for free, generally every day, offering money, tracking these people down, following from location to location. You're minimizing the threat that this potential chaos is causing. And this is, you know, if you want sensational headlines... As opposed to head, uh, to things that matter, and this matters only from the standpoint that uh, that we are identifying the culprits behind the activities um, that are taking place to take down this country. That's why it matters. So I'm not going to stop it, Randy. Don't tell me to stop it, or anyone else who has sent emails of that of that kind. And, and my question to you is. If it doesn't matter, if it doesn't matter, Randy, why are you so upset? That's what I want to know. Anyway, um, so so it's it's I, by addressing him, I'm also addressing a, a number of others, which which I think exposes to the the lack of intelligence of some people. Um, you know, has I, I mean, you've got to look you've got to look at this, and you've got to look at the 
what's taking place in, in America. You've got the obvious revolution in progress brewing being funded, the color revolution, the, the purple revolution. You've got the, you've got the obvious. Everyone can see the, the dozen or so cities burning up, the rioters, the, the one and two and three million dollars worth of property damage, the inju- the injuries, the, the police being, everyone can see that. And everyone's talking about that. Look over here. Yeah, that's happening. Absolutely, that's happening. But behind the scenes, where the, the, the globalists meet in the bowels and the basements and the, and the back rooms of the Saudi mansions, and of the DC mansions or pizza parlors, who knows, right? We have to expose this. By the way, there were five occasions, I mentioned this for the trivia bus, that there are five occasions in American history where the, where the, uh, candidate with the most popular votes lost due to the electoral college. Five times. The most recent of which was Trump. And then before that was George Bush, and then Benjamin Harrison, Rutherford B. Hayes, and then John Quincy Adams. So from 1824 to the present. And then, of course, but you know, the, the most famous hanging Chad situation, have to decide, uh, uh, you know, via the, uh, um, via the, uh, Supreme Court on George W. Bush. So, and I found it interesting as well. And if, again, people that don't think this is important, 4.3 million people do, and these people are a great percentage of these 4.3 million who signed the Change.org uh, uh, organization or uh, uh, Change.org uh, petition. In fact, believe it matters. Now, there was an article that was done by um, a singer-songwriter, Annie DeFranco, in the Huffington Post, which I just. This is the sentiment. This is what the mainstream media is attaching itself to. And they're convincing the, the dumbed down electorate, or the dumbed down, well, yeah, dumbed down populace that, hey, we can, we can still win. They're convincing, attempting to convince the American people that we can still win. The vote's not over. The voting process is not over. You have to understand, too, that this is, uh, that this is taking place. So, Andy DeFranco, Andy DeFranco writes for the Huffington Post, which is just this bizarre, most bizarre article. Um, she starts out with talking about the, about, about saying, talk to any constitutional lawyer, they'll explain to you how the Electoral College was put in its place to safeguard against the danger, dangers of a purely representative democracy. But she goes on, and, and here's where the media is chiming in with, with what, uh, I mean, here's what the media is chiming in with. She writes that Donald Trump is a criminal and a sociopath who fans the flames of racism and xenophobia with hateful rhetoric and divisive speech. I, the reason I point this out again is, is this is the talk, these are the talking points of the left. You can see the Hollywood left, the progressive left all across the country, up, up and down, and throughout the world now are using the same talking points. So you can identify too, through, uh, language, linguistics, even analysis of the, of the language. Um, you can identify the people who are just mouthing the the same the same talking points all right so anyway not a problem ready not a problem all right a couple of other things that we need to we need to be, be, be paying very close attention to this is something that that i haven't seen widely reported the secret service cannot find many of its 
guns, phones, badges, and cars. This is quite important. If we're looking at what's taking place or what, what's going to be taking place in D.C. here on January 20th, and, and even before that, uh, the the advance teams when Trump travels and such, this kind of becomes downright disconcerting. There are thousands of sensitive assets belonging to the U.S. Secret Service. Uh, oh, I guess it was reported on the Daily Caller, so this is good. Thousands of assets belonging to the U.S. Secret Service, including firearms, computers, laptops. I don't know how you misplace or lose a firearm. Um, work badges specifically, and even cars in some instances. I think some of those are misallocated on a ledger sheet perhaps, but nonetheless, what I'm most concerned about is the Secret Service identification. Um, these are elite law enforcement. This is an elite law enforcement agency, and of course you have Secret Service identification. It's photo identification. I understand that, but with the proper working, <clears throat> excuse me, working, you can, you can certainly um, use that as a template for uh, getting, getting into areas, of course, that uh, are sensitive and secured. <clears throat> between 2000, and I found this fascinating, in the 15-year period between 2001 and 2016, Secret Service agents reported 11,780 lost or stolen items of significance. 121 weapons were lost or stolen from handguns to, to rifles during that same time period. But what concerns me the most are 571 badges or and or identification of folders, pocket identification folders. So we have to keep in mind when we look at the possibility, folks, of Manchurian candidates or even just, just people who want to get close to uh, Trump, and you've, there are plenty. Keep this in mind. It's uh, and, and it baffles me how an agency that's run as professionally as the Secret Service and during a 15-year period, can you can lose nearly 12,000 assets, including weapons and cars. And, but as I said, the, uh, uh, the the cars and bigger items, I'm sure, are either uh, mis misrepresented on a ledger sheet or something else. I'm very concerned about the identification. When we get back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about a number of other things, including the move, uh, well, making the making of Mike Huckabee ambassador to Israel. I, I, the people on the left, I mean, their heads are absolutely exploding and a lot of self-hating Jews, their heads are exploding because there's talk of moving, yes, that's right, moving the U.S. Embassy to Jerusalem. Governor Huckabee is going to see that through. And then after the next segment, we're going to have Doc Marquis come on and talk about his revelations, which are just astounding. We're going to have some visuals for you, compliments of Eric the Tech. Follow him on Twitter at Real Tech Eric. That's right. Folks, we'll be right back. Stay right where you're at. Ladies and gentlemen, to the Hagman and Hagman Report. You know, I was just, we, Eric and I were just talking. Uh, he had said something actually that was almost word for word in a um, reference document I had printed out exactly for that uh, electoral college. He said, you know, hey, people got to realize it can't happen. 
it wouldn't be there if, uh, you know, if there for a purpose and such. And I, I don't recall exactly what he said, but it, it, it was like he read right out of this, uh, this reference document. But it, it, it's interesting nonetheless. Randy, no worries, man. It's just, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a spirited debate with intellectually, um, with people of the same intellectual calibers is, is absolutely, uh, a lot of fun, actually. It's, I, I enjoy it. So, and I enjoy every, each and every one of you for, uh, tuning in and listening to us. And if you missed the announcement at the beginning of the show, I said, Joe, Joe is, uh, I'm flying solo tonight. I'm going to be doing that for a while. He's taking care of some personal business, uh, with our, with our, uh, graces. So, um, He's going to be pretty much away for the holidays. I don't know. It's going to depend on a few things, but no, there's no problem. Don't worry about anything. Um, I just want to let you know that in case you notice, well, gee whiz, where's Joe? Uh, he's still around. He's just taking care of some, he just take, he's got some administrative time. He has some time coming, so he's taking that. All right. Before we get to back to the programming and Huckabee as ambassador to Israel, <laughs> Again, you talk about some self-hating Jews, their heads exploding, uh, and moving the embassy to, uh, Jerusalem. Oh, you think that's, you don't think that's going to cause, cause some issues? Before we get back, get, get back to that, I want to I'm going to tell you this. Greenovative. Folks, greenovative.com. I just got an email from Alan Riggs. He said, okay, I'm going to do this. Now look. Alan Riggs is the owner of greenovative.com. They're the, uh, they make the GMAG uh, battery chargers. You know, when, you, when you're playing for disasters, it's a must-have. Batteries are a must-have. A good supply of batteries are a must-have. Now, you can take the unrechargeable batteries, and often, by the time you use them, if you store them, they're, they've lost half their charge. Well, see, rechargeable batteries are, are always the better way to go. Now, in a situation, a do-or-die situation, when you don't have, for example, sun or a hand crank, it's just too much, or uh, the right conditions, in many cases, you can't recharge your rechargeable batteries. Well, Alan Riggs filled that, he filled that uh, need by creating the GMAG. Now, go to greenovative.com. It's a small company in Florida. They created the GMAG power cell that produces electricity by adding salt water to the unit. The latest well, the newest development is, is their, is their GMAG, Super GMAG, battery chargeable, uh, battery recharger with replaceable magnesium power pucks. Charges six AA or AAA rechargeable batteries in about three hours through this pair of power pucks and salt water. You don't need sun. You don't need wind or a hand crank or anything like that. You just need a little table of salt and water. You shake it for a few seconds and bang. Three hours later, you've got recharged batteries, fully recharged batteries. So. I had spoken to Mr. Riggs and he said, I'm going to do something because your audience is loyal. They're, they're, they're just a fantastic audience. You know, I want to do something, give something to your audience. Listen to this. Effective right now as you hear my voice from now until Christmas Day. Alan Riggs, 15% off. He said, I'm going to give everyone 15% off of all their purchases through Christmas. From now until Christmas, 15% off. These are the kind of people that we have for sponsors. God bless you, Mr. Riggs. That 15% off can mean a lot to people. And it, it certainly, I mean, $100, that's $15. Well, you can do the math. Folks, visit greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. Take advantage 
of the 15% off of all purchases right now through Christmas. You've got to use the promo code Hagman, though. H-H-E-M-A-N-N. You've got to use the promo code Hagman. Greeninnovative.com, 15% off of all your purchases now through Christmas. Thank you, Alan Riggs. God bless you. Promo code is Hagman. That's a requirement, not a suggestion. Promo code Hagman for your 15% off. Okay, so can you hear the heads exploding of the people behind uh, the, uh, or people in the Middle East? Huckabee is going to be the ambassador to Israel. He's a two-time former White House hopeful, former governor of Arkansas. He met with Donald Trump uh, here just today, actually. He's a Baptist preacher. He uh, he told the Daily Mail that uh, that Trump offered him the job of ambassador to Israel. So he said that Trump did say we're going to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to to Jerusalem. And I'm going to quote: "That's going to happen." This is a quote from Trump: "That's going to happen." Uh, Governor Huckabee is going to see it through. In fact, the Jerusalem Post said that several members of Trump's transition team confirmed the appointment, that being of Governor Huckabee. And uh, this is also reported in the IBT, the uh, International Business Times. So, we've got to, uh, we've got to pray for Mike Huckabee's protection. I guarantee you there are people that, that hearing this news, this is good news for Israel. It's, I, I suspect, and, uh, I've gotten emails from Maria Canis, the author of Prepare for Persecution, who was watching this very carefully, very closely. We said, you know, we've got, to, not only do we have to pray for Mike Huckabee's protection, but this is good for Israel. It's gonna, it, it's gonna also result in God's blessing Trump and his efforts even more. I do believe that to be the case. So Huckabee is gonna be heading back to Israel soon. And, uh, that's gonna start pretty soon. So, you know, you look back historically on this. It's interesting to, to look at the history behind this and, and the location of the embassy. Um, oh, this is going to be this is going to be something when it happens because there's no no president has ever entertained um, moving the embassy to Jerusalem. You can argue that it's been discussed, but it's always been window dressing. Okay. This uh, this appears to be nearly absolute, I would say. So you're gonna have to watch that now, folks. How many people have know about uh, Monica Peterson? Have you heard about this? Monica Peterson. She was the she was an assistant director at the Human Trafficking Center. had had come out here recently talking about the Clinton Foundation in Haiti and human trafficking. Now, Snopes denies this, and I used to rely on Snopes as the final arbiter of the truth. I, I would turn to Snopes to, to see, okay, Internet hoaxes. They, they really kind of started out with Internet hoaxes. And they would say, oh, that's a hoax, or that's, you know, um, it's true. However, now they're getting into, and they've gotten into over the last several years, the political arena, and they've obviously chosen sides. Snopes will say that this is nothing more than a conspiracy, Looney Tune theory. 
and I had to take a look at this carefully myself. I'm not ready to come right out yet and say that there's there's any there there at the moment. I do believe there is, however, I do believe that there is evidence of well the timing is really strange. Monica Monica Peterson, again, an assistant director at the Human Trafficking Center, sparked conspiracy theories involving the Clinton Foundation. She herself actually had made some uh ties, some dot connecting in Haiti. The claim, of course, by the alt-right of which we are members, is that Monica Peterson was killed after she discovered that the Clinton Foundation was involved in a child sex trafficking ring in Haiti. According to Snopes, it's unproven. Again, you have to understand the context of Snopes. But when you look a little deeper, when you start peeling the layers back, and you start comparing this, the sex or the human sex trafficking and sex trafficking of children, the Clinton Foundation, and then you start overlaying the the Podesta emails, which is why the 70-plus thousand emails of Podesta are so extremely important. And you start looking at everything combined. You see a pattern. You start connecting the dots. Folks, there is definitely fire here and a whole lot of smoke, but a whole lot of fire as well. We, this is just to let you know that I do believe that the individuals at Reddit, um, I think 4chan is on this and others. I think that they are on to a lot here. Um, and all of the evidence, some of it anecdotal, some of it circumstantial, others, other obviously direct in terms of the cause, manner of death and such. It, it does suggest that um, that yeah, there's something here to this. All right, now you might say, "Well, gee whiz, okay, uh, the, you said a whole lot of nothing there." Well, you've got to understand uh, when you start making allegations like this or start suggesting things like this, you've got to be very careful. But you also have to um, you, you've got to avoid just looking at a very narrow field of, or a very narrow pool of suspects and a very narrow uh, list of uh, potential causes. And I know Bob, Bob, I know you, you're, you were uh, uh, in law enforcement. Uh, Bob and Maggie, of course, who I'm re- referencing, very intelligent, understands the process. You've, you, you can't just look at one person or one cause of death or one manner of death or one connection. You've got to kind of, you got to look at, when you look at a crime scene, you got to look at, 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 at the, the entirety of, of the area. Um, I remember working, you know, working crime scenes. It's not just where, for example, when you work a crime scene, it's not, a crime scene is not just where the body falls and there's a pool of blood and maybe a shell casing. No, no, no. There's the broken vase over, you know, 10 feet away. Or if it's out in the woods, maybe there's, it's 100 yards away, there's something. So the crime scene is, is determined by the evidence, but you don't, I mean, you don't automatically, um, I mean, you've, you've got to, you've got to make sure your crime scene, you, you identify the entirety of the crime scene, is what I guess is what I'm trying to say. And there could be secondary and tertiary crime scenes as well. In, in, for example, someone gets killed in a warehouse, their body's driven and, uh, buried in a field, but you've got your primary crime scene would be the warehouse and then the secondary crime scene 
the field where the body is, or vice versa. You understand what I'm saying. <coughs> the <coughs> the prince <coughs> starts to sound like Hillary Clinton. The the <laughs> real tech Eric over there. Yeah, you do. Uh, but but see the the real. Um, so, so the reason I mention this is because we're looking at this. Uh, there, there's more perpetrators. There's more crime scenes. There's more criminal activity. There's a lot of, of, of players in this. This is, in my view anyway, a huge RICO case waiting to happen and a huge pedophile ring waiting for exposure. I'm not sure how many people caught this. There, I, I don't have with me, I, I saw it at the office. It was early this morning. I mean, early. And I'm watching a, what is Periscope? Does anyone know what Periscope is? Okay, right. It's an online stream. Okay. Eric the Tech, thank you, Eric the Tech. The online streaming service. Uh, a couple of guys went in. This is on YouTube now. I have to, I was gonna, I was gonna mark, mark this up. I didn't have time and, and I didn't bring the channel identifier with me. But a couple of guys went into Comet Pizza. I think it was, uh, yesterday. Day before, I don't, I don't know. And they were periscoping. I didn't even know that was a verb. I didn't, I don't even know what periscoping is, except now I, I guess it's taking your cell phone, you go somewhere, and then automatically, you're automatically online. It's kind of like online, it's kind of like live online. For those people my age that don't know. Those people that still use rotary phones, like me, right? Um, so, these two guys, and I'm gonna, reach out to him you now because I want to talk to him. One appears to be a, a military veteran from the Navy and be younger, younger guys. Um, they went into Comet Pizza and they were live streaming their visit to Comet Pizza. Well, the, the reason this struck me as being very strange is because apparently the feed, apparently the, the owner I suspect it'd be the owner. At least that's they identified him as the owner. If that was the case, that would be that uh, uh, that James Elephantis, uh, uh, or I can't remember how to pronounce his last name, who is the romantic lover of David Brock, or ex-romantic lover of David Brock. Nonetheless, apparently he had come over to the table and said, "Hey, you're live streaming," and uh, cut it out. And then they brought the police, and then they escorted these two gentlemen out. Who then went over to Besta Pizza, two doors down, owned by the same conglomerate, conglomerate, and ordered a pizza there, and took some video, and also noticed some strange things. So, these two gentlemen were live streaming this event. Somehow, in some way, I mean, if look, if somebody walked into the studio and was live streaming their visit here through the Periscope, I, I, I wouldn't know. How do you know that? Unless you've got some sort of counter surveillance, countermeasures to protect that. Um, I wouldn't even think of that. Now, th- they were caught live streaming or periscoping. It wasn't obvious. So that tells me a couple of things. It tells me that, that their operation was compromised. I believe in a, uh, it, it was definitely compromised initially before their visit, perhaps, or contemporaneous with their visit. But whatever they were doing, um, there was something going on there. There's something definitely going on with Comet Pizza and the 
let me let me back up here. It would be my professional opinion based on the evidence I have seen related to Comet Pizza, the Podesta emails, and other things that would warrant additional investigation of that area and those businesses. That's my professional opinion. I don't know. I I they I could be a hundred percent wrong. But when you look at uh um when you look at the uh uh, when you look at the uh, work done by the Reddit people, the 4chan people, by Brittany and Nicole Pe- uh, Pettibone, who are two fantastic, absolutely fantastic researchers in this area, there's something there. Now, so this does go back to what I what I was first talking about, and that's Monica Peterson and her connection to the Clinton Foundation, the Haiti relief effort, and the sex trafficking down in Haiti. Did did I make a big enough circle for you? (laughs) But the bottom line here is we have to take a look at what's... We have to look at at this as a global crime scene with many many intricate uh, players here. So I, I just want to mention that. We are looking into Monica Peterson... And we are attempting to assemble the information about the child sex ring, the pedophilia, which I think we're, we're going to ask uh, Doc Marquis about um, with respect to the Illuminati and the things. So all of this together uh, has is important. Now, it's interesting as well. Obama, and, and folks, please understand, this is taking place, and we are going to be part of this. I know Jones with InfoWars is part of this in terms of being on the receiving end of this. Uh, other other uh, uh, true news media sites are in the crosshairs of this. And, and what this is, is a, the regulation of alternative news entities. I don't know whether you saw this or not. Uh, there was just this, in fact, I'm going to pull this up right now. On uh, I had I had this printed, but but I know this. Um, I want to want to make sure I've got this correct here because this is so important. There was an analyst fe- featured on Fox News who had just came out swinging against Infowars yesterday. There was there was a segment of Fo- on Fox News where they were talking about reining in quote fake news and fake news sites. Well. Uh, and I'm going to quote here, Tucker Carlson. Now, Tucker Carlson had as panelists Kristen Tate and the Democratic strategist Jessica Tar- uh, Tarloff. And he asked this question, should the government and media giants begin clamping down on information they think might hurt the Democratic cause? Now, there was discussion. If you go back and look at this, there was discussion. Did did the um, alt-right put enough pressure or put pressure on the FBI? Or did, did the FBI feel the pressure from the alt-right, um, specifically Comey, to come out and make when Comey made that statement? Well, or did the alt-right simply using social media in, in this case, I'm not. I'm, I'm using the term alt-right because that's what they're using, and I don't mean it as a pejorative because I consider this ourselves being alt-right. But 
it's interesting because Democratic strategist Jessica Tarloff said, wait a minute, it's a problem that several Trump staffers retreated fake news stories throughout their campaign, throughout, throughout the, the presidential campaign. And they published, well, it was, it, I'm sorry, published by an admitted fake news editor while arguing, and I quote, we need to make a concealed, a concerted effort to, to make sure that we are getting good, real news. Now, when you start to walk this, walk through this and walk back these statements, and Tucker Carlson never really got, there was no depth to the questioning with respect to, okay, what were the events? And of course, there's no, no time allotted to, uh, to, to, uh, these kinds of, uh, these broadcasts. Well, <clears throat> even, well, in, in contrast, I should say to this, and as written on in, in Infowars, self-proclaimed libertarian Kristen, Kristen Tate argued that the free market would eventually decide. So in other words, the democratic strategists say, look, we've got to regulate these fake news sites. We've got to stop them. They've got to come under the control of the mainstream media, even at that, the very, at the very outside, while the libertarian says, let the free market decide. But they, what wasn't really hit as well as it should is that, um, um, for example, they were, they mentioned Alex Jones losing credibility. When will he lose credibility? And they referenced they associated fake news and they almost called his, they almost called Infowars a fake news site. Now, that of course was a left-handed dig at Trump because Donald Trump kept his word, uh, contacted uh, Alex Jones after winning, after being president, uh, president elect. And there was a lot that Donald Trump did, or I'm sorry, that Alex Jones had done. And I, I was fortunate enough to be able to talk behind the scenes about some of this that really propelled the um, the information out to the voters and I do believe that Alex Jones for one infowars for one and to a lesser extent obviously us but nonetheless yeah I'd like to believe this and I've been told this that we did have um, a measure of influence in propelling the victory of, of Donald Trump and of course, now, what does that do? That puts Infowars, of course, on the front lines and the crosshairs. Again, to a lesser extent, I'm not bragging or anything like that, or I'm not trying to elevate us to any any level that we don't deserve. Because you know, look, I know our place, but I know our, our reach as well. And I and I can tell by the emails, I can tell by the letters, I can tell by the items we get in the mail, yeah, items, and I could tell also by the um, by the feedback we get from others. That we are making a difference, but but here's the thing: despite a Trump victory here, there there's 63 days left, I believe, 63 or 60. What is it? 63 days left until the inauguration. And assuming we get to the inauguration without any problems within those 60 some days, 63 days, Obama can do a lot of damage. Just the other day, 527 pages in one day of new federal regulations. 527 pages of new federal regs in one day. Now multiply that by 63 days or 62 or however many, okay? There will be blowback. I am telling you right now, we've already seen the hundreds, uh, hundreds of Twitter accounts, alt-right Twitter accounts being just wiped out. But there will be, and I guarantee you this, there will be 
uh, blowback over the next uh, 60 plus days against the alt-right and news sources like ours. What can they do? They can take away our social networking abilities. I understand that. Not a problem. But they can also uh, regulate us. As I mentioned, 527 pages of regulations. They can also regulate us out of existence. Or at least attempt to do so. At least temporarily until the new president gets in office and reverses what was done in the last 60 days. Look, look at Trump, or look at the uh, Obama, what he's doing right now. He is effectively, and I don't know how many people have seen this, the Border Patrol, is, it's, it's a DHS and the Border Patrol saying, we are stopping our flights, our aerial, aerial surveillance over the southern border. Now, that's a point of contention. People are saying, well, no, no, that's overblown. No, it's not. No, it's not. I spoke with a Border Patrol agent earlier it was the day before yesterday, or yesterday. Yesterday it was. There are no flights. They have ceased the flights, the aerial surveillance of our southern border. Obama has done that. There are 500 illegals a day being caught and processed right now by the Border Patrol at the southern border. 500 a day. What Obama is effectively doing is opening the doors for everybody. He is, this is like, and going back to, this is the scorched earth policy of Obama, um, to, to, to quote or to cite the title of, um, uh, Michael Savage's book, Scorched Earth. Obama is instituting a scorched earth practice here in America right now the last two months in office and he's giving the I mean he's given us the middle finger well he's actually doing more than that he's actually using it in in places where it's very uncomfortable and he's doing that to America folks you have to understand this guy Obama has a lot of danger left in him over the next 60 days folks you're listening to the Hagman and Hagman Report Coming coming up here momentarily right after this break, Doc Marquis, we're going to be talking about, actually we're going to be showing you some amazing footage, first time ever, seen ever, just for you. Stay right where you're at. Having a lot of fun with uh, Eric the Tech during the break. We were talking about, uh, and we we're talking about a number of things. And thanks, Randy, for the picture. Uh, for those who listen to the my my uh, diatribe on the electoral process issue, uh, it was kind of funny because because I know I as soon as I saw the you know uh, the uh, who it was from, I, I knew who it was from. I met you in Dallas. I remember that. And I got a picture. Thanks, Randy. Thanks, Randy, for the picture. Appreciate that. Um, but in this, no, you know what? It's always good though. And I think, I think, I think of this all of the time. It's always good. Uh, we need to keep each other on track, I believe. So if there is something that, um, that we kind of get off the rails, if we're off the rails on something, you know, we always, at least I do, I appreciate somebody bumping me back up onto the rails or saying, wait a minute, I think you're wrong on this and here's why. 
and and that's um I'll listen to that as opposed to, you know, USOBU, you know. Anyway, which we get plenty of those too. Have you done it yet, folks? Have you have you done have you pulled the trigger on this generation a series of novels? If you haven't done so, you gotta do so. T C Joseph written a great series of novels. Go to go to Amazon, this generation series of novels on Amazon. I'm digging around here. Let me show you this. Say what? Oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I expect it to be. That's why I'm doing this. Uh, uh, this is the third book, Penance. Folks, if you can see this, if you're watching this, if you're listening to this, I'll just describe it for you. Um, this is the third book in a series. It's called Penance. And I'll tell you something. This is a fantastic book. This is the third in a series of novels by an amazing writer, T.C. Joseph. I love his witty style, the character development on this. He, uh, takes you through his, he takes you through the lives of three families, into the lives of three families where the conspiracy theories that we talk about and Bible prophecies collide. His novels move through recent history into the just over the horizon stuff. And he's got a witty style about him, the fascinating character development. He's, praised heavily. Kirkus Reviews states that readers of end times fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this, just extremely readable and fast-paced, which it is, what these books are. And Blue Ink Reviews, again, lauding him and saying that uh, absolutely riveting with reference to his series. Folks, get your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series on Amazon.com today. Book one, Precipice. Book two, Pentecost. And instead of me saying book three coming out soon, here it is. Book three is out. It's called Penance. And yes, this is, this will catch your, um, this is a great book. And you know what? You can give these books to people who are not yet awake, who don't want to read about the Oh, the embassy being moved to Jerusalem, for example. Instead, they want to read a novel or novels. Give this set to someone who's not a believer and use it as a tool. ThisGenerationSeries.com. ThisGenerationSeries.com. Now, we have with us Doc Marquis, who I had spoken with a couple of times and uh, over the last couple of days. And don't forget, we, we last week or the week of the election, he said, I've, I've got something that you're not going to believe. Okay. How many times have we all heard that before? So, and I've never, I've never doubted Doc in terms of his investigative prowess and his abilities and such. So I became pretty interested. And then he sent me a couple of images. And I looked at the images and I wasn't quite sure what I was looking at. You know, you've all been there, right? And then he started explaining what I was looking at, and then it kind of all clicked for me. And then he had, he sent, sent us this, this DVD, There Were Giants on the Earth, Part 3. It's in the Bible series, all right? This is part of a series. I'm not sure how much I'm allowed to tell you without getting yelled at by Doc, okay? Because he'll yell at me, and I don't like that. I cry. I'll have to find my safe space, maybe like at Yale or someplace. And or, or run to someone with a safety pin or a diaper pin on their head or whatever and uh, ask for my pacifier and, and blanket because, you know, I'm hurt. But uh, no, I'm, uh, but seriously, seriously, he's done some amazing work in this. 25 years, two and a half decades. This is the point 
in his research, after 25 years of research. This is the aha moment, and he's going to share it with all of us. Doc Marquis, welcome to the Hagman and Hagman Report. Doc, are you there? Yes. Doug. Hi, Doc. How you doing, brother? Oh, oh, thank goodness. (laughs) I was wondering if Tech didn't connect all the wires. No, you know, you had him, look, you, you had him crawling around today and doing all sorts of gymnastics because what we're, what we've done, folks, is for those watching live on YouTube, um, we've brought the evidence or we've brought Doc's evidence to display to you on YouTube here live and by archive. So this is kind of exciting. So yeah, so you put Eric to work today, or I did, and uh, he's managed to bring up uh, to my right. We've got the uh, we've got the DVD queued up. Uh, he's got the images, and we're ready to rock and roll. So tell us what you got, brother. Okay, well, while I explain um, this to you, Eric, if you're listening, um, please set the DVD disc. Um, you should have the same time that I do. Put um, set it to fifteen minutes and thirteen seconds exactly. Okay. Put the gun down, Eric. Now it's fifteen thirteen. Okay, fifteen thirteen. Right. All right. Now, All right. Um, basically, going back with what you were saying, I have been working oh more than twenty five years now on a five part thesis. And that thesis basically consists of this. Wherever you hear of cultural stories of giants, you'll find archaeological evidence, such as, um, you know, like axes and hand tools and things like that, that only a giant could possibly wield. I'm talking about, and you can see these um, tools and such that I'll be describing, ladies and gentlemen, on that DVD called There Were Giants in the Earth. Um, some of those double-headed axes are 10 to 12 feet in height. Now, what normal mortal being would create such an object that no mortal being could possibly lift? It would My ex-mother-in-law. Yeah, no, well, I'm, my, not, I'm not going to yeah. go there. That's your business. <laughs> um, and, you know, where you find this archaeological evidence, you'll find stone circles. Where you find stone circles, you'll find demonic act, um, activity. And where you find demonic activity, and this is the fifth part, I had been waiting, I don't know how many decades to finally prove, because I'd seen all this when I was in the Illuminati. Where, um, but I'm going to show you this fifth part. Um, Eric, are you at that 15 minute and 13 second mark? We're just a little bit behind, but... Uh, okay, I'm we're, just we're, a little bit behind that 13 second mark. Well, yeah, we're, we're kind of froze up right now, and we're going to reboot. We're going to reboot the device that is actually... This is our first time doing this, Doc, so... Uh, right. Oh, I understand. So there could be some snags. So whenever you're ready, um, Eric, just give um, Doug the signal, please, because I'm going to show you folks the evidence of the fifth part of my thesis I've been hunting down for, as I said, over 25 years now. The rest of it was, at least for me, easy enough to um, to do. Um, because of everything I learned in the Illuminati. But trying to find this fifth final 
piece of the puzzle. As I said, it took me 25 years, but God be praised, we finally got it to prove to everyone what is really out there. Okay. You know, and again, this is something that you, just to drive this home, folks, 25 years of research, and I know what it's like to, to research something for forever. I mean, I've got a, I've got a murder investigation that, that has gone unsolved my entire career as, as an investigator. And it, so, so when you get that aha moment, and, and as Doc is providing right now or about to provide, this is a fabulous, this is fantastic. So, okay. Um, and others before you, Doc, and, uh, you know, in your, within your, within your, uh, circle. My field. Your, yeah, your peers, right? Your circle. Yeah. They, um, they have come, obviously come to the same, similar conclusions. They found the same artifacts and such. And, but this is all being hidden, uh, in history. Okay. Now we're at the 1513 mark. Okay, so um, what I want you to do, um, Eric, just let the film roll till you get to 50 minutes and 35 seconds. At that point, just pause it. Okay. Let everyone see this. Is it rolling? Is it rolling? Okay, uh, not yet. I'll tell you when, uh, Doc. It's we're, okay. we're going to have. We were what we were trying to do is actually make this in, into a full screen. So it's now it's going to be me and that screen. So yes, is it rolling? I'll tell you when, and it is. Here we go. Okay. I don't know if you can hear, hear that audio. Box? Yes. Hear the dogs barking in the background. Yes. Something's happening. Just keep watching. Look towards that steel circle you see in the picture and look towards the three o'clock position. Pause it. Okay. Did you see there that? Was, there was, it almost, that was <laughs> weird. Oh, wait a second, that almost, the dog, did somebody just come out of the ground? Nope. Out of okay. thin air. Now, if you can help it, um, Eric, um, move it up to 51 minutes and 17 seconds. Okay, I'm going to have to write this down. 51, 17, yeah, okay. Yeah, you can do it more or less. All right. Boy. That was weird. And folks, I don't know whether you saw this. I'm sure you don't did. Don't worry, uh, we'll be going over it again. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, stand by. Okay. We're, sl- we're slowly... If you're close, Eric, you can go, just go ahead and let it play. Right. So long as it's within the 15, one, 51 minutes and 17 seconds, more or less, we'll be fine. All right. Here we go. Here we go, Doc. Okay. As, now pause it immediately. Okay. Now you should see a different picture, right? Uh, we, we still have these the the same circle, the same dark shadow. Oh, okay, we have the... let it run for a couple of seconds until you see a different photo. All right. A different part of this. There it is. Okay. All right. Okay, stop it. it. Yep. Now look to your far left, and you'll see a truck around the middle. It looks like a jeep yep. towards your left-hand side of the screen. In the foreground, perhaps, or are you looking at? Uh, 
Okay, this should be a different picture now. We're looking right. at right. It's kind okay. of a, it has a reddish tint to it, I guess, or or is that right. me? Now okay. look to to all the way to your left, yep. and you'll around the middle, and you'll see what looks like a a Ford Jeep or a truck, something like that. Oh, I see it. Okay, I got it. Okay, yep, right. yep, yep. Now look towards the front of it, where the hood would be. Right. Okay. Now um, look up for about uh, about an inch and a half or two inches, and wait for it. Okay. All right. Okay. Tell them to play the um footage, please. Sure. Go ahead. All right, Did now you see we it? faded to we faded to black, yes. Okay, pause it. Okay. Did you see did you see what that was? Saw it, don't know what it is. Okay, well we're gonna get into this a little more. Um, Eric, bring it up to fifty one forty six, please. Okay. Let's talk amongst you and I, as we as he does that. Mm-hmm. Um okay. Something's going on here, isn't it? Yes. Mm-hmm. No. Got a, have you even got a clue yet as to what you're looking at? Well, uh, I, it wouldn't be fair for me to answer that question. Um, I didn't before I spoke to you, e- either last night or this morning. I think it was this or today. Well, I didn't I, tell I, you I did. what it was. I never told you what it was. I was going to leave that until you saw these things for yourself. Okay. I'm think okay. If you want to, if if you if you're looking to ask me what that was, I'm asking everyone. Type in your responses right now to Doug. Let him read them off as he's um, pontificating on what he believes he saw. Okay. Let me. Uh, actually, I'm getting some uh, getting some messages here. Uh, portal a number of times. Portal uh, looks like. Looks like an opening. Looks like an electrical charge. Look like, uh, it, uh, <laughs> uh okay. I love looks it. like, looks like a. Uh, well, I'll tell you this much: because of my Illuminati background, I knew what it was immediately. Okay. Now, are we at the fifty-one forty-six mark yet? Yes, we are. Okay. Now, hold, um, hold on a second, Eric's, Eric's yeah. gonna getting re re. Positioned here. Okay. Okay. Um, while, uh, while Eric's getting it repositioned, let me say when it gets to 52 22, pause the film, okay? All right. That's 52 22, pause the film. Okay, we'll pause it at 52 22 when it starts. No, 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 no. It starts no, I mean- um, at 51 46. Right. And pause it when it reaches 52.22. Okay. By the way, we just had gone through that. Uh, Can you see it? Um, I'm not sure of the timing yet. Eric will tell me. Eric will tell us. Okay, are we? Is that where we're supposed to be? Okay. At fifty-one forty-six. We're at fifty-one forty-six. Right, or, and let it run. 
all the way through till fifty two twenty two. Okay, I'm sorry. We did. Uh, we, we already did that. Now we're at fifty two twenty two stopped. So you know, no, no, no. frozen. No, Go back. you need to be. Um, you need to begin this next section. It's the same thing. Just start it at fifty one forty six. Okay. And then let it pause at fifty two twenty two. I'm sorry, Doc. We just did that, so it's paused at fifty two twenty two. I'm sorry. That was my fault. Oh, okay. Did you already see it? Yes. You saw it from the beginning, and did you see the zoom in? Pictures also. Y- yes, you had one one sixty and one forty one percent. Okay, zoom. good. Yeah. Um. Still, any question? Any guesses on what you're looking at? Um. Let me go. Let me go over here. Actually, I've got. Uh, my goodness, I've got emails, and I've got some sort of gate, some sort of. Uh, let's okay. See, we got. We got Okay, uh, Eric, while he's doing that, bring the film up to 5252. 5252. Yeah, and let it pause at 5409. 5409, okay. Yeah. So so for the folks listening on Global Star in that venue, what we're looking at, um, Doc, you want to... You Tell the the radio or tell people where this is, or is this too early yet? Uh, no, no, no. I can't tell anyone where this footage was taken from because it's right where I've been doing my field work, and I don't want people just going on that area because you have to know. Um, well, let's put it this way: you have to have you have to have a good amount of survival training in areas like this. And second, I don't want anyone to contaminate the area. Gotcha. Uh, I understand that. And, and what we saw already, it w- w- to me, was a was an amazing thing. It looked as if, to me, it looked as if someone. Th- okay, this here's what it looks to me. It looks like this is surveillance videotape. It's or surveillance it video. Okay, it is on an area that has within the area it has vehicles and like when I say vehicles, a couple of construction vehicles, but it's kind of a um, it's got a dirt. Uh, uh, what is a dirt ground? Or just ground? It's got some sort of a circle, um, maybe a man-made circle. I don't know what that would be, but neither um, do I. <laughs> okay, but but nonetheless, near that circle, what I witnessed, and this is what I would describe it if I was uh, talking to a police officer or in court, it would appear that there was a shadow on the ground, and certainly not made by anything that was visible. And from well, that shadow. Very interesting you said shadow because you said on the ground, but it wasn't right. on the ground. It was standing up. Okay. Yeah, let's take a look at that again. If you've got it set, Eric, roll the film again at 5252, please, and stop it at 5409. Okay. 52, or pause it, I should say. 5252. Right. All right, folks. And this is from the DVD, There Were Giants in the Earth. So yeah. and you can get this, folks. You, and I would urge everyone to get this at uh, Doc Marquis' website. It's a God Thing Production 777.com. All right, here it is. Here, here we go. Okay, we're back to that big um, steel circle, right? Yes, sir. 
Okay, keep watching at the 3 o'clock position. And once the timer hits 24, it's going to appear again. Oh, no, that's too weird. That is just way too weird. Now, keep rolling till 54.9. Remember, you're going to look towards your left-hand side at the truck and look above the truck's hood. I need purple sticks, man. I mean, seriously, did you, did you guys see that? Uh, on, I mean, I know, folks, it might be a little bit difficult to see, um, but you had to see it. If you're watching YouTube, you had to see it on our on our monitor. Right. Yeah, by I the wanted way, to. Oh. I just want to say this, but folks, by the way, this is our first time out on doing something like this. We're going to be improving on this, but, but nonetheless, you had to see that. You had to see it. Go ahead, Doc. Okay, um... As I was saying, I purposely showed this three times. Now, let me say some a couple things before we go on. First of all, the footage, ladies and gentlemen, and um, as I said, I know what I'm looking at. I sent the um, actual footage, the, um, um, the surveillance camera disc. I sent them out not just once, but twice, and had them authenticated. I knew this would be a hot topic. And I knew that there'd be a lot of naysayers. And every single time I sent it out, it came back. And each time, um, the companies went down to the um, fifth level, to the infrared level, and even checked the pixelation to make sure nothing was tampered with. And both certificates will clearly point out, just to paraphrase it all, it is what it is. Now, that being said, we are going to go over this. I, we're going to be looking at this footage um, frame by frame. But what you folks just witnessed, the first one is an actual demonic manifestation. And it's the same thing with the second one. It has never been recorded on film. These are genuine demonic manifestations. And, I, and I'm going to teach you. As we go through these frame by frame by frame, I'm going to show you, so you can gen, so you can tell from here on in what is a genuine demonic manifestation and what is not. There are certain characteristics in any demonic manifestations, and I learned all this in the Illuminati, that will always be there. Okay. So wow. that being said. Um, Eric, if you would please bring it up to the 55 minute and 50 second um, section. You know, 55 minutes and 50, section, 50 seconds. Okay. While, he, now, while he's doing that, well, uh, hang on a second, Doc. While he's doing that, again, I want to remind people Doc Marquis is our guest. The DVD, which this is originating from, is There Were Giants in the Earth. Okay, and I would urge everyone to grab, you know, to, to buy this. It's a God Things production, seven seven seven, because 
you will see. This is the subject, of course, of what you're seeing here. We're doing our best to present this. Go ahead, Doc. I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, Doc, we, all... we, we, we got about a minute left before break, so you, you want to okay. just wait? Why don't we wait until after the break uh, to, to, right. to run this that? Set it to 5550. Okay, it's, it's set at fifty five fifty. Okay, and you can see that big ring, right? Yes, sir. And, and that, okay, well, that ring looks like the... almost like a campfire would be. You know, picture a campfire if, for those listening on on on, on radio. If, you know, if, I really if you... never knew what it was. It looks like some type of piece of instrument to a big, you know, steel tube or something. I never no, could that's figure true. it out. Yeah, but I mean, it looks like there's a depression in the ground. It looks, I, I don't know, but it's it's picture like a. It, I, it, it, what struck me is it would be like a campfire, but it's not. You know, it has no evidence of fire inside. Uh, it's just kind of like a right, ring. Right. Yeah, I can so, tell you right, right now, it's not a stargate. <laughs> Man, I, I'll tell you something. But what I saw there just freaked me out, folks. If, if you're listening to this via Global Star. Or BTR, you can go to our hagmanandhagman.com, check out the video on our YouTube. And again, this is from, uh, Doc Marquis, uh, website, or his, uh, DVD series, There Were Giants in the Earth. Go to It's a God Things Production 777. It's from the part three in It's a God, or It's in the Bible series. Folks, right, right, right it's back. It's only one, um, thing, but that's three in the whole of the series. You know, there's not a part two or part three. It's just happened to be DVD number three. Got it. All right. Sarah, where are you at, folks? And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest tonight, Doc Marquis. It's a God Things Productions 777 dropping in to talk about his series. Now, this is, this DVD is number three in part three in It's in the Bible series. All right. Specifically, we are taking images with his permission from There Were Giants in the Earth and uh, inside this box that I'm holding. There's two DVDs inside this box. Now, I'm going to tell you something, okay? This series, it complements the research of of other researchers, but it also offers something I've never seen before. You just saw it, if you're watching it on YouTube, on the monitor. Now, let me just give you a little bit of a... uh, uh, I just want to say one thing about this. Folks, we are streaming out to three different networks okay one video two additional audio so we're streaming out three audio streams in one video stream the one video and audio stream to youtube live is synced but we've got to sync the others up as well now the reason i said all of that is to say this okay you might and i know there are junior technicians out there saying well you should be able to do a better job than that folks you know you have to understand the complexity of streaming three live streams out okay because we don't pre-record anything that's number 1 number 2 our our equipment we're pushing our equipment to 100% of its capabilities all right so i'm not making excuses i'm just telling you why you know, we, we're having a little bit of difficulty here. And plus, we've never done this in this fashion before. So, 
and, and we're and people in, I got to tell you right now, people in the UK are watching this. People in Europe are watching this, in South and Central America, as well as all across the United States. So, having said all of that, yes, yes, it's it, it is a big deal. It's not something that you know. This is not something you cook up in your mother's basement, unless you're you know some you know, some really. Um, child prodigy apparently but but even at that our equipment is at a hundred percent all of our equipment's at a hundred percent so this is why also when we ask for your support and we we get your support we put it right back into equipment we couldn't even do this six months ago were it not for you all right so um so anyway we're getting i'm not i'm kind of a little bit doc i'm a little bit stalling here only because we're, we're trying to resurrect the video which Almost burned up one of our one of our equipments here, or one of our pieces of equipment. So we're getting back to the fifty five fifty mark, I believe, or whatever you said, Eric. He's got that. So um, we're we're getting right um, now. Um, just let me know when he's ready, because um, let me fill in some of the blanks here while we're waiting. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, what sure. we're looking at right now is the result of something that began um, during the um, right before and after the days of Noah. You'll find this. Excuse me. You'll find this in Genesis chapter six, where we first find out about the fallen angels that mated with um, female human beings and started the races of giants. Well, um, it was because. Um, their fathers or their sires told them to do this. That ancient stone circles, such as Stonehenge, um, Avesbury Henge in England, the ones in ancient Persia known as Gobekli Tepe or Nevali Kore, and there's others you can find in Russia, Sweden, Portugal, you know, the stone circles and such. They were those giants were ordered by their sires to build those ancient stone circles. And um, 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 how's the um, switch the board going? How's Eric doing, I should we're, say? We're, we're good now, sir. We are good now. Okay. So let me just finish this. The reason they had those stone circles built was because they knew what was coming. They knew God was going to destroy the earth, and eventually, um, even after the flood, if you remember, the ancient giants were hunted down, but it's the demons themselves that really wanted those stone circles built, and if you notice, they remained. Most of them are in the 5,000-year-old range. The reason they wanted them built was because the demons knew. God was going to put his foot down, um, at, you know, when the flood hit. Mm-hmm. But this was actually, believe it or not, shall we say, like, if we use um, a computer term, like a back door way of coming back on the earth. You see, remember, stone circles originally, and let's use um, Stonehenge, for example. There were three main reasons for their creation, archaeologists believe. Um, one was because they were centers of religious service, which is true. I mean, in England, that would have been the Druids. They were also used for astrological observatories, and they were also the places where the rites of human sacrifice were being performed. These sacrifices at those stone circles were used to summon up demons. That was the purpose. And if people don't want, want to take my word for it, 
archaeologists, you can, I'm sure you can find this on the net, archaeologists have unearthed under Stonehenge alone more than 4,000 human skeletal remains. And they could tell by the remains of the skull caps that they were used as sacrifices. And that stone circle, that Stonehenge, that's a small stone circle. The one in Avesbury Henge is more than a mile in circumference. So you can imagine how many human sacrifices are underneath that one. Now, okay. the hidden reason, wow. the big reason for those stone circles being created was so that the demons could once again be summoned. Remember, they were confined to the earth. They're no longer allowed to roam like they used to. However, with the stone circle, someone who knows what they're doing when it comes to high ceremonial magic can summon them back. Okay. <clears throat> when you say summon them back, yeah, do, are, 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 in other words, through a an invisible gateway or well, through... No. What we, um, it depends, and that's what we're going to go through now. If it's a second, if it's a second-dimensional demon, it doesn't need a portal or a gateway. It's properly known as an interdimensional portal. But if it's a third-dimensional, uh, if it's a fourth-dimensional demon trying to take on a physical third-dimensional form, it will need a portal to come through. And there was one that most people did not see in the second manifestation, and we'll get to that, okay? All right. All right. So what we're going to do, just start the um, DVD and keep the volume off. Just turn the volume off so everyone can hear what I'm saying as we go through this frame by frame. We'll be stopping, Eric, at the 58 minute and 13 second mark, okay? You, you know, Doc, Eric's going to demand overtime. All right. Or time and a half for this. Okay. Um, here it goes. Okay. Let me know when it starts. It started. Okay. Now, if you notice that this first um, frame, this was the original um, frame we looked at, and you, you should be able to see a red circle. Roger that. Right. That's where the demon appeared, okay? Now. Yeah, I'll second that. Yeah. That, that was right. freaky. Okay, now, um, and this is going to be at the 3 o'clock position, so um, let's just keep watching. And you'll see that um, um, here there still is nothing. But in the red circle, you can see something is beginning to manifest, correct? Uh, that is correct, yep. Okay. Now, as the film um, keeps going, you'll see that there is something beginning to really show now, correct? Oh, yeah. And, with, and, then, and you can see it better in the red circle? Yep, it looks like an uh, Olympic gymnast almost, yep. Right, and there it is. That is yep. what's known as a shadow man. That's a demon that's hunched over right now. And if you look towards its rear, there really is a little tail there. Can you see it? Huh, yeah. Yeah, now... Uh, in this next frame, as that begins to fade out, you see the demon quickly turn around and leave, correct? Hightails it out of there, yep. Yep, and it'll be more apparent once you see it in um, the red circle. This way, um, when you look at it normally, you can see there's a head, it's, um, it's back, and what, and what are its arms? Right. It's in 
points and in running position. And you can yep. see in this next frame, it's beginning to quickly fade away, correct? Yes, sir. And in the red circle, it should be quite obvious that um, the demon is fading away. Yep, that's correct. <laughs> now, okay. the, the red and circle the, the red circle is added to, uh, obviously, is a visual aid, folks. So, I mean, go right. ahead. All right. And at this next frame, you can see that the demon has completely vanished. Okay, correct. now pause it now, please. Paused. Okay. It's now, again, yes, those red circles are there to help the person send them on the image in case they're having difficulty seeing it or finding it. Okay. You want the image... Uh, say that again. Did you catch that, Eric? Okay, sis, Doc, say that one more time for Eric's sake. Oh, the reason I have the red circles put in... Um, every other plane is because a lot of people sometimes can't see the image or can't find it so it's there to make it easy for the person to locate them got it okay all right okay which yeah now we now right so you folks what we have your doc what we have on the screen right now is the image the the uh, just to really drive this home the image in full form encircled in red just so you know, right. that's where we have it right at the, at this moment. Right, and it, you should be able to see where the um, where the demon has all um, vanished. Correct. Well, yes. Now we can we can advance it there. To, you know. Oh yeah, that would yeah. be after fifty-eight minute and thirteen second mark. Right. Yeah. At that point, um, that demon has completely Ooh. turned around and left. Yes, Gonzo. Yep, gone. Right. Bye-bye. Okay. Now, what we're going to do, um, um, hold on one second. Let me just check something. I want to make sure I have this set right. You see, there's a couple of things um, I do want to explain, you know, to everyone about um, what they just saw, because it's, it's going to be very critical um, to your understanding as far as what is and what isn't a real um, demon? Because we see a lot of people nowadays, let's be honest, especially when you're um, on the net, they will say, well, um, this is a demonic um, um, event or this is a demonic creature. And quite honestly, and I'm, I'm putting this as nicely as possible, those people are just trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes as far as I'm concerned. Because I have examined more footage of what people have sent me and what others have put on the net while they're claiming that, you know, such and such is, you know, a, is a demon of some sort. And it really isn't. You know, but unfortunately, too many Christians just don't know um, what really makes, you know, you know, something that's real or isn't when it comes, you know, to demonic manifestations or sometimes possession. You see what I'm saying here? Yeah, well, let me tell you something, Doc. If, if I saw that in, in real life, in person, demon or not, I'd be the hell out of there. Literally. Ah, you don't have to. You don't okay. have to. Now, right. um, Eric, if you can hear me, let's bring this up to the 59 minute and 31 and 30 second mark. Five nine three zero mark. Stand by. Right. All right. 
we're getting there. Okay. All right. But yeah, I'm telling you that 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 is some freaky stuff, Doc. Uh, well, as I said, I've been trying to prove to everyone, um, the fifth part of my thesis is wherever there's stone circles, you'll find demonic activity. Well, yeah, I, I, I love I love Karen. Uh, you know, you're talking about stone circles. I, I love Karen, uh, who said the moral of the story is if you see a red circle, then you know you're in trouble. God bless you, Karen. Uh, a little <laughs> levity there. But, she had yeah. a stoplight. <laughs> okay, we, we, you know, Doc. Uh, me, I think it might be important um, to to re to restate the, the five. You, you said there are five areas or five things. That, uh, there was five points in my thesis. When right. you find uh, yeah. where you hear cultural stories of giants, you'll find archaeological evidence. Where you right. find the archaeological evidence, you'll find the stone circles. Where you find the stone circles, you'll find um, demonic activity. And where you find demonic activity, you'll find demonic manifestations. Wow. And this is the fifth part. You see, all this is a big circle, um, literally speaking. Because, you see, the stone circles were made because the demons were going to be banished by God once the flood had happened. And now that the stone circles had been built and the people, the, those occult people, had learned how to summon them, the demons are being summoned back through these stone circles. It's been going on for thousands of years now. Mm-hmm. The okay. people just weren't aware of the major reason why these portals, why these um, circles were made, was so that the demons, through the correct rituals, could be summoned through the um, dimensions. <laughs> but, okay, now this question is from me. Okay. Um, knowing the flow was coming, you said, now they, uh, if I heard you correctly, knowing the flow was coming, they built these circles. Is that what you said? They had um, their children, the giants, right. um, build these circles for the sake of being able to summon them in the future. Okay, all right. Because I was going to ask how that tied it. Okay, so that was their, their motive or their purpose of these. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay. That's the ultimate reason for their creation, so they could once again be summoned, but down the road. All right. All right. If they made them out of, out of newspapers, then uh, it wouldn't work. So, all right. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, are we at uh, 59.30 yet? We're, we're at 59.30. I got two thumbs up from Eric, and okay. no, that wasn't necessary, and, Eric. Okay. Well, no, let wa- Eric have his fun. Do you, want, <laughs> do you want audio with that, Doc? No, no, no. It won't, it won't be necessary. Okay. No. All right. Now, uh, I take it you're looking at that demon again, the first man- manifestation. Yes. Okay. Now, look at the objects around it. Do you see the truck um, um, in the forefront? Yes. Or whatever that is in the forefront? Yes. Okay. Do you see that truck off in the distance towards the right a little? I do. We do. Yes. Okay. Now, can you see that, um, what looks like a soccer ball somewhere in the middle? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I want you to look at this picture for a second. Look at those objects carefully. Compare it to that shadow man and try to tell me what's wrong with the shadow man. Those those objects have something the shadow man doesn't. A shadow. A shadow. Exactly. You see, 
see, as I said, this is a two-dimensional demon. Anyone um, who knows anything about quantum physics or mechanics can tell you a two-dimensional object is infinitely thin and cannot cast a shadow. It has height, it has width, but it has no depth in order to cast a shadow. That is a surefire sign of a demonic manifestation, among other things. Huh. All right. Yeah. Take a good look. It's casting no shadow. Right. Yeah. And, e- e- and even, that shadow even that, smoke that seems would... to be right below its feet, that's part yeah. of the steel ring. It's always been there. You just didn't notice it um, in the beginning. All right. But... Um, it, but if you notice, that's the right-hand shadow that um, all those objects are casting because of the way the security cameras are and the lighting. And if you notice, there's no shadow coming from that um, demon. Very true. Yeah. 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 It, the way the lights are, obviously, the shadow would be would appear to the right of the image. I mean, look at look at the <laughs> or or to the right in towards the front of the picture. So, yeah, there's no shadow, visible shadow, no. not even a little bit. Okay. No, and you see, because yeah. it is two-dimensional, it does not need to go through an interdimensional portal. You see, interdimensional portals are three-dimensional objects. This is a two-dimensional object or being. It slips in between the dimensions. That's how it gets from point A to point B. Okay. Right. In, now, inter, wait, wait a second. Interdimensional inter beings slip through. Say that again. No, this, because no, this second dimensional being. Second dimensional beings, okay. Right. Um, does not need um, an interdimensional portal, which is a third dimensional object, because it, the demon, is not a third dimensional creature. It is it. a second dimensional creature, so it doesn't need a third dimensional means to get here. Right. It slips in between um, the dimensions. Now, this one in particular wasn't even supposed to be here. I Now, I can't prove this, but I think what happened is it undershot its mark, because if you notice, as quick as it manifested, it turned around and got out of here. Well, that's an interesting statement. Uh, yes. It was not supposed yeah. to be here. What no, it's mean? not supposed to. I, demons, I don't care um, what, what their physical makeup, if you want to call it that, you know, be it um, um, second or fourth dimension, they're not supposed to be here. And there was a universal constant that God instilled in creation that automatically kicks a demon out if it hasn't been summoned or if it's not possessing someone, it is automatically thrown out. So, so he, he just he just like a typical guy didn't didn't follow his wife's directions and ended up here or something, right? I mean, so he was not supposed I, I to be right. he was not supposed to be here. Is what you're saying? And and as and now, interesting enough, um, it looks like it took a long time um, when the demon was here for it to manifest and leave. The footage, if we look at the timing of the footage, everything happened in one second. Okay. That's how fast this event occurred. 
It manifested. It didn't belong here. It turned. It left. That's what happened. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Which, uh, when you when you kind of take a step back mentally and think about everything, what you said, it, it does make sense. I understand that. Okay. And, and all right. Okay. Now, um, Eric, if you would, let's bring this up to the one minute, I mean, excuse me, one hour, four minutes, and 21 seconds. So that's one minute, I mean, excuse me, one hour, four minutes, and 21 seconds. You'll know... We're at the right spot when we get to that other picture, remember, with the second demonic manifestation and it looks like it's orangish on the ground. Remember that? Yes. Yeah. All right, we're working toward the one zero four twenty one standby. Right. All right. Okay. We're, we're and... going to examine the second demonic manifestation, and you're going to learn a whole lot of things here. All right. And we're about uh, we're about five minutes out from the top of the hour on this, uh, folks. You're listening to Doc Marquis. His website. It's a God Things Productions, plural. It's a God Things Productions seven 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 dot com. And again, we're 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 sourcing the video from the DVD. Uh, there were giants in the earth. This is a two DVD set, three hours long, and it's part three, and it's in the Bible series. So those people who want to purchase this, and, and folks do so, um, these are going to be going very quickly. So you, you're going to want to get your order in quickly. Okay, folks. So visit it's a God Things Production Seven Production Seven 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 dot com and get your order. Now this in is a um, section eight of the two DVDs, Doug. Um, because right. I, I have, I, I, you know, in this particular um, two-disc set, we went from the very beginning, um, from um, the days of Noah, um, through the creation of the um, of the ancient stone circles, and I'll show you everything on the DVD, what I'm talking about, because all these things have a connection, um, and believe it or not, among other things that connect all this together, and this is going to freak some people out, but... You'll see a lot of those, um, oh, what are they called, crop formations. You know, those where people's fields are being made into various forms, oh, yeah. figures, crop shapes. Circles. Yeah, right. crop circles. Yeah, but there are a whole bunch of crop circles that people haven't been allowed to see. And when we take a look at them, and I do have them, and you will see them on the DVD, when you look at those crop formations that aren't in the papers or magazines, you'll understand why those crop formations, the ones, let's, let's call them occult crop formations, you'll understand why those particular formations were made only next to the stone circles. Okay, yeah. that's, that's an whole, interesting... Yeah, wow. there's a whole series of occult crop formations that are appearing only at these stone circles. And I'll show you the physical um, evidence. I'll show you the photos. And it's interesting 
that those um, formations are all occult symbols. And they're appearing at these occult temples where they're summoning up these demons. My word. Okay, folks, you're listening to Doc Marquis. We're we're coming up here to the top of the hour. This is the Hagman and Hagman Report. Folks, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just go to hagmanandhagman.com. Pick a venue, of course, YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on our social networking sites, Hagman Report uh, on Facebook, at Hagman Report on Twitter, Doug, Douglas Hagman on uh, Twitter as well, myself on, on Facebook personally. And, of course, Real Tech Eric. Folks, we're going to be back here with Doc Marquis right after this. Stay right where you're at. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Hagman and Hagman Reporter, very special guest, Doc Marquis. It's a God Things, it's a God Thing Productions 777.com. Just go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link over to Doc Marquis. But, uh, order the, the DVD that we're sourcing right now. Uh, I don't know how long it's going to last. So get on board, folks. And remember, it helps his research, Doc's research as well, when you support him by ordering his products and, and DVDs. We need to ferret out the truth. And speaking of the truth, I just, just before we get back to Doc, I just want to say it's, it's funny. The, um, mall Santa removed after putting Hillary on a naughty list. Of course, you know, uh, there's a Santa Claus at the Sanford Mall. A replace after uh, saying that Hillary Clinton, well, putting Hillary Clinton on the on the naughty list. This is I'm talking about Sanford, Florida now, and uh, actually sent to counseling. Yeah, uh, okay. And, and then of course, uh, folks, yeah, let me just remind you from the first hour as we uh, were uh, wait, awaiting Doc's or uh, to bring Doc on, uh, we spoke about the popular vote. Just understand the popular vote in this country for. Uh, 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 for Trump and Clinton, I mean, it, it was, it's the it, what what a fraud. So I mean, that goes without saying, right? It's a, it's a fraud. Before we get back to Doc, I want to tell you about the Minuteman Rocket Stove, perfect survival stove for your cooking needs. Look, we, we're expecting certainly expecting supply disruptions. We're expecting bad things to happen. We we have, of course, in the pantry, don't we? The long term storable food, food itself. Uh, maybe boxes of rice or whatever it might be. How are you going to cook that in the event of an outage, power outage? You're going to go start a fire in your backyard? What if you live in an apartment or what if you live in a high-rise or, or a mobile home or someplace that wouldn't allow that? Well, this is a perfect, perfect item for you. Minuteman Ro- uh, Rocket Stove. Minutemanstove.com. That's Minutemanstove.com. Visit their website. The Minuteman Stove is a self-contained Rocket stove, the best in the industry, bar none. Um, it actually focuses, directs the heat to a specific area, and it, it acts just like a kitchen stove. It takes about a tenth of the wood necessary for an open fire type setting, of course, and it's a 50 caliber, am- a 50 caliber ammo can designed 
It features a lid. It's got a rubber seal, carrying handle. It weighs 14 pounds. It seals tight, keeps the soot out, keeps the uh, odor out for storage. And also, because of, of the way it's made, it does not have a smoke signature, so to speak. So if you're worried about uh, giving away your location for whatever reason, you not going to happen with a Minuteman rocket stove. Folks, these stoves are made in America. And they are also serving with our troops in Iraq and Afghanistan. They're handmade. They're battle-proven, extremely rugged. This stove, by the way, comes with a two-year no-hassle warranty. And to date, no one has ever cashed in on that warranty. No need to. Visit MinutemanStove.com, MinutemanStove.com. Doc, fascinating stuff. Uh, fascinating stuff. We are at that point in the video. The orange... Well, look, I don't know what you're it, it looks like it's the same um, area, but it's a different camera angle. And because yeah. it's a different camera, camera, you know, the lighting's a bit different. Now, right. because um, the picture, um, some of these pictures will be difficult to see because of the lighting, what I did, I'm going to, um, um, I used Photoshop and I lightened the photos. Now, that's all I did. So what we're going to do, we're going to look at the first photo, which will be the original footage from the film, we'll be looking at the frame, then we'll see a second frame, it'll be the same picture but it'll have a red circle. Then we're going to see a third frame, that's going to be the lightened one that I did, and the fourth frame will be the same lightened one but with the red circle, okay? Okay. You'll, you'll see what I'm saying as okay. we go along. Eric's going to say yes, yes, okay, good, all right. This, well, that's why Eric gets paid the big bucks, and you and I, you know, are lucky if we can get coffee. <laughs> well, you know, speaking of coffee, we still owe you coffee, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, now, if you remember, um, there's a truck to the far left, you know, in um, the middle, all the way to yeah. the left. Yeah. Okay, and right above the hood, maybe about an inch, inch and a half up on the photo, you can see what looks like a horizontal streak of some sort. Uh, yes. It's yes. grayish. And behind yep. it, there looks like there's something in midair, almost like a half circle or, a, or a, like a crescent shape. No, I'll go with that, yeah. Okay, mm -hmm. well, you'll see it better as we go along. Just, But just pay attention to this. Okay, now, um, Eric, just hit the um, film, let it run, okay? And once it gets to one minute... Oh, here I go again. Once it gets to one hour, nine minutes, and 17 seconds, that's when you can pause it, okay? All right. Okay, so just run it. All Let me right. know when it's running. He just he just hit the button, and it's running. Okay, so there's that gray streak again, as I was saying. Now, when you see the circle, the red circle, you um, right in the center, you should be able to see that red, that streak towards the middle of the circle. Uh, yeah. See okay, something. Now, okay, yeah, yeah. Photo, yeah. In the next photo, it should be easier to see because it's lighter. Okay. Can you see it easier now? Yeah, there's something that happened to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, okay, right. yeah. And right behind it, in the red circle, you should be able to see that, like, what looks like, almost like an opening in midair. Okay, yeah. That's the portal. That's the interdimensional portal it's going through. Now, if you notice in this next one, something has jumped out, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. Yes. Okay. And you should yeah, see and... the red circle next. Yep. Okay. Now, in the next frame, um, Eric, I want you to pause it now. Just pause it. Done. You should see the lighter version, but there's no red circle. Correct. Okay, just pause it there. Now, look at this object very carefully. And actually, if you look towards the very rear of it, it looks like there's a tail, correct? Depends on where the rear is. The rear closer okay. to the ground? The rear is pointing, the tail is pointing towards the 10 o'clock position. Okay, I gotcha. All right. Okay. Right. Now, look down... And you'll see that all of a sudden there's a black space. Uh, yes, yes, okay. Yeah, it's almost as if the tail has been disconnected. Right. Now, yeah, yeah. that's because, and now we're going to get further into this. Look further down, a little past its midsection, and you'll see the same type of thing where there's like just a, almost like a black line, but it's a black space. Correct. Now, the reason that's true is because this demon that's manifesting is in transit. It's in either fourth or um, third or fourth dimensional right now. It's trying to take on a physical form. All right. And the final proof of this, look down to where the head should be. There is okay. no head there. No, I, I, I don't. What the heck? Okay, yeah. You can see it's two legs touching the ground in the front. But it has no head. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's in transit. It's not a third or fourth at this point. Now, okay. among other things, for those people who don't believe this is a demon, you better tell me what third dimensional animal you're aware of that can move about that doesn't have a head. Huh. But um, as we go along, you will see the head. All right. Right now, as it says, it's in between the third and fourth dimension. It's trying to take on a cohesive or a solid form. That's why parts of it is missing right now. Okay, and this is running right now, right? Am I? No, it's not running. Okay, it's paused. No, it should it should have been paused. Okay, all right. So it's paused. Okay, that's fine. Right. All right. So, all right. Now, um, is the is the photo you're looking at right now? Is that, does that have a red circle? No. Okay. Um, we'll play it until we see the red circle around that creature there. All right. And okay, just start the film up again. Okay, it started. It should be at that somewhere no, around one o five forty. It's well, we got a red circle. Um, right, and you see that creature there? Yep, yep. Okay, good. Now, um, just start the film again. All right, started. Let me know when it's starting. It's, it's starting now. Okay, and um, you should see the creature on the ground now? Uh, that's correct. Right, now let me know when you see the oval around it, the red oval. It, it just it was there and disappeared. Okay, just we keep watching. It. Let's keep going okay. because you can see the creature now has taken on a full physical form. Okay. Yes. Yes. Right. Now, um, the creature itself, as you can see, there should be another um, oval in the lighter photo, so you can see it better. Yep. 
Okay, good. Yeah. Now just keep watching the film as it goes on. Okay, right. because the creature okay. you can see is going to be moving behind that tree, if you would. Right. Right. And it just lightens up. You, yep. um, okay. And you yep. should be able to see it with the oval around it. Yes. The oval okay. was there and lightened up. Now the oval's gone. Now it's back again. Right. Yep. Okay. Right. Now, you'll, you'll see the creature again. It's taking off in flight. Yes. Right. And you should see the oval around it. Okay. Now, the next photo, you'll, you'll see a, a, a lighter version of it. Notice that its entire midsection is gone, but the head is now there. Okay. Yeah, the, 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 right. Right. You should see the red oval around it and the lighter for, form. Yes. Now it's a more of a circle, and it's off the ground. It's, it's appearing to be off the ground, and it has a kind of a chunk missing out of the center. And now it's right. It's losing cohesion again, but it's manifested ahead now. Okay. Now it's uh, now we're at the uh, it's darker the red red circle above. Right, and it's above right. the it's ground. Right. It's darker, okay. and there's a red circle, and then it's going to get lighter again. Yeah, it's doing that now. Yep. Right, and then you see the red circle. Um. Yep, here it is. Yep, yep the red circle. Because the mm -hmm. creature's taken off, it's not supposed to be there. You'll see the darkened photo, and then you'll see the darkened photo with the circle. Darkened photo, right now. Right. And then and you'll then see the, the red circle. circle. Yep, yep. Right. Yep. And then you'll see the lighter version. And then you'll see the lighter version with the circle. Lighter version right now. Now look at the midsection, straight down the middle. It's all missing now. And now we got the circle. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's com it's it's losing its cohesion because in the next photo you can see it's flying off. Yeah, taking off like a bat out of you know where. Exactly. The red All circle right. will show it, and in the lighter version, you can see the same creature taken off. Its entire, if you drew a line straight down the middle, it's missing. From top to bottom, it's completely missing. Hmm. Right. And in the next couple frames, you'll see that it has completely vanished. Now, pause the film there, please. All right. We pause it where it is vanished. Right. Okay, there we go. Just to remind everyone, you're listening to Art Bell. This is Coast to Coast A. I'm sorry. No, uh, <laughs> Doc Marquis, I guess. Yeah, what, what am I thinking? No, uh, Doc Marquis, our guest, folks, and uh, pretty fascinating stuff. Uh, okay. Uh, go ahead. Wow. Okay, wow. as we were saying, when we look at the second manifestation, there was a number of things that was obviously different than the first. Okay? The first one was a two-dimensional object. The second one was a fourth-dimensional demon trying to take on a physical form in our third-dimensional realm of existence. Now, behind um, that demon, when it was first manifesting, and for those of you who have seen the film or want to get the film, pause it there as the demon is about to manifest, and if you look right behind it, you can actually see the interdimensional portal open and close. You see, the problem is it happened so quick 
on the film that trying to even get a half decent shot of it is extremely difficult. And this was the best um, shot of that event that I could get. You can still see the dimensional portal, but you'll have to pause it very quick so you can study it. But it is there. As I said, I've had this thing authenticated twice, the footage and everything, and they said it is exactly what I've said it is. All right. Now, now just, I, I'm going to just ask this, because normal surveillance cameras now today are digital and roughly um, 30 frames per second approximately. Is that what we're looking at here, uh, yes. stationary? Yes, that's okay. exactly right. what it was. All right. Okay. Right. It's not as if right. we're looking at normal rolling film. You know, as well as I do, that there's sort of like clicks and pauses in between. Right. Yeah. Yeah, but would, you, this this does appear to be a pretty high quality or a pretty up upwardly mobile uh, surveillance system. Oh given yeah, this the was a very good one. Yes, yeah. you know, and that's why I was able to use this footage because it can clearly show what I've been saying all along. Because if you remember when um, the demon landed, you know, um, its front paws on the ground, yeah. there was no shadow. You see, it's true. Yeah, the reason there was no shadow in this case is because the demon did not and could not manifest. If it was able to manifest a complete third-dimensional body, there would have been a shadow. But because it was in transit, it was in between third and fourth dimension all the way, it could not leave a shadow. That's what happened. And again, when we look at the demon very carefully throughout this footage. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, you'll notice it was always in transit because parts of the body was there, parts of it wasn't. And in the beginning, there was no head, but we saw later on in the footage, it finally manifested a head. Remember? Right. Yeah, it did. Mm-hmm. It, 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 you know, when I first saw it, I mean, it, it, to me, that that first image or the, the first time it that looked, that was one of the most spectacular things I think. Without without the frame by frame, it just it had the appearance of uh, some sort of a what would you call it, like a puma, like a wolf, know. or coyote, or something, yeah, or a wolf, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that's the best I could I could call it myself, you know, um, because it was trying to take on a physical form. But again, um, and here's the reason why. Let me explain this. Uh, most people probably don't know this. Um, when the um, after the great um, war in heaven and the angels were cast out and they were um, the demons, you know, what we call demons now or, you know, what, what's the original Greek word, demonos um, or demoniac, um, they lost, I'd, I'd honestly say about 90% of their normal powers, their natural powers, you know, because if you ever look at the scriptures carefully, and we see angels are being sent by God to do this or to take care of that. Right. To me, it always appears that those angels are being sent from a great distance, and yet somehow they get here to the earth seemingly within seconds. You know, that's what it looks like to me when I see it in the Bible. And well, 
Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and okay. that's and I and that's because the angels um, have the natural abilities to go um, in between all these um, um, dimensions without batting an eye. They don't need portals. They don't need to slip in between them like demons do. No, angels can just move through them as if you know you and I walk through air. But the right. fallen angels, because they've lost most of their natural abilities, they have to try to find um, a way around this. And um, as the footage proves, they will slip in between dimensions. But um, every time that um, even that, uh, in this case, a second dimensional um, being or a fourth dimensional one, you know, demons, try to manifest they were kicked out just like that. They could not take on a form. Okay. They, right. You know, as I said, it's a universal constant that God, in his infinite foreknowledge, put in his creation that would automatically kick out any demon that wasn't summoned or that is not possessing a host. And you see, this is why demonic possession came about. Before the flood, before the fall... Um, there was no such thing as possession. There never had been. Because in their original states, these demons were angels. So they could go, as I said, from point A to point B, manifest and not have a problem. Well, now that um, those fallen angels, the third that fell from God's grace, are now demons, they lost most of their powers. So because they lost most of their powers, for them to travel, they have to um, do it um, by, you know, force at times. Almost, it's, if you look at um, that one instant on the film when that portal's being opened, it looks like it's actually being forced um, ahead as if something's desperately trying to push through. You'll see it when you review the footage. But right. that's because the demon can't naturally manifest. It has to force itself um, through the dimensions. And even then, because it doesn't have the power to manifest anymore for any real period of time, it's usually two, three minutes at the most, they're forced out of this dimension. However, through demonic possession, demons can stay because they are possessing a third dimensional host that is part of our physical universe. The demon may be um, fourth dimension, but because it's cohabiting a third dimensional host, it doesn't have to use any of its um, what little power is left to um, manifest because it's in a third dimensional body now. Nothing can kick it out except for a deliverance or if the body dies. And then where does it, okay, a body, we'll say a body dies, or in the case of a deliverance, where does it go? It, I mean... Well, um, if it's a deliverance, and if the person's wise enough, they will bind the demon in the name of Christ, and they will confine it to the lowest part of the um, bottomless pit, and command it to stay there until the final day of judgment. If a person does that, that demon can no longer leave. It can only be brought up one last time, and that will be through God's power when he casts them <coughs> into the lake of fire. That's why when I've done, I don't know how many deliverances in this life, and I, the one thing I always tell everyone, don't just bind it and cast it away. No. 
because it can, you know, you're just casting the problem to someone else. No, bind it and then cast it into the bottomless pit, there to remain until the final day of judgment. This way, that demon can no longer escape. All right. So, would it stand a reason then, Doc, that uh, in the case of a death or a, um, in fact, the drudge had a link, and I don't know whether it was a UK, uh, I don't know where it was from. Uh, somebody had video or camera footage captured. Um, it was a, it was a violent accident, I believe, it was someone on a motorcycle, and. I don't know how many people saw this, but there was a, a, a body on the ground, I mean, just freshly deceased from hitting a pole or something. And it looked very similar to what we just saw here with respect to that for that, that shadow coming out of the ground, or not out of the ground, out of that dark spot. Um, so would it stand to reason that in, in a death, someone who's possessed, that would demon would look something like that or uh, I'd have to see the footage um, to first of all tell you if that's an actual demon but because the person died and there was no deliverance that demon um, is free to roam the earth just as the Happy Bible thoughts. describes just right. as the Bible describes it's free to roam the earth right. because no one took authority over that demon in time it's too late. The body died. Mm, okay. Yeah. Well, and, this, um, uh, wow. Okay. Go ahead. But, but I, this, this footage you, you, you have, can, can I ask, I mean, we, we got about, uh, here two minutes before the bottom of the hour, and I don't know how much more we have to cover uh, with respect to this, but uh, how did you come up upon, I mean, were you, you, this is a valuable, to me, this is valuable footage. How did you come upon this? Or well, as say? I said, um, cameras are being set up in the different area where I've been doing my field work. Right. Okay? And this footage was actually taken by someone other than myself. They knew of my work, and they sent it to me. And when I reviewed it, and as I said, I knew the location. It was right next right. to where I've been doing my field work. This right. was, as you put it, that mystic, magical, aha moment. Mm. Okay. I finally well, said to myself, this is it. See, and that's because of, de- I mean, look, folks, decades of research. You've got to understand, uh, Doc has been doing this 25 years, decades of research and investigation. This, uh, he didn't fall, you know, just fall upon this. Um, this was a product of his, of his decade, two, de- two and a half decades of research, and here it is. And, and boy, I, I look at that, uh, I'm, I'm looking at the video again that, uh, Oh my goodness, that's a bizarre thing. Folks, uh, again, we're listening to Doc Marquis. Go to his website, grab a hold of this. Uh, and I got a feeling, folks, if you don't do this right now, you're, you may not have the opportunity, uh, before it's, uh, I mean, he's gonna, get, these are gonna go fly out of stock. Uh, Doc Marquis, there were giants in the earth, part three in the series, in the, it's in the Bible series. Uh, do yourself a favor, grab a hold of this, the entire series, as a matter of fact. Go to his website. It's a God Things Productions seven 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 dot com, and do yourself a favor. Grab a hold of this DVD. Support his work. It costs money to do what he does, and uh, he does great work. So, twenty five years of research. 
Do yourself a favor, grab this. Folks, we're going to be right back with our final half hour with Doc Marquis. You're listening to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Stay right where you're at. We'll be right back. Back, folks, to the final half hour of the Hagman and Hagman Report in this uh, in this edition with Doc Marquis. If you are listening to this on Global Star BTR, uh, go back to our YouTube channel. Subscribe, by the way, to our YouTube channel. Go back and take a look at what, at what you're hearing described. But even better than that, get yourself a copy of Doc's DVD. I've got it here, and um, this is just a small 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 part of what's on this dvd okay but doc is sharing this with all of us he's being kind enough and gracious enough to allow this to be exposed to um i mean i look i looked at this on the small on the regular uh monitor eric looked at it we looked at it together and we're we're both like what you know what do we just see uh, we know what we saw but what did we just see and uh, frankly uh, wow good stuff good stuff so go to go to doc's website it's a god thing productions 777.com doc marquee grab his two dvd set uh this is third in the series grab the whole series because this is not going to last long i can tell you that right now do it tonight and uh, you support the research of this man um hey enough dvds you could buy a cup of Starbucks coffee but uh, seriously you, you, you know you, you, look folks you don't make a lot of money in research seriously you don't you don't make a lot of money so we depend on your support doc depends on your support and certainly appreciates it doc uh, thanks for holding out with us man this is this is crazy stuff I'm, I'm looking at this and we have it frozen on that image yeah I know circle. it is it does almost enter into the realm of the Twilight Zone. But, yeah. you know, this is what I've been expecting. This is what I've been waiting for. Because, you see, there are certain prophecies in the Scriptures that tell us what the end times are going to be like right before the tribulation period hits. Now, interesting enough, in the book of Revelation, we find out that in Revelation 18.23b, it tells us that the entire world is going to be handed over to the Antichrist through the occult. Now, it says all nations, not some, not part, not just this one. It says all the nations of the world are going to be handed over to the Antichrist through the occult. Now, in order for that prophecy to come true, we have to see right now in our day and age a resurgence of the occult, of the major occult religions um, greater now than in all of recorded history. We have to see that outrageous numbers going higher and higher and higher. And interesting enough, according to the, I think they're called the um, Council of World Churches, 
uh, I believe that's the name. Um, according to their figures, in America alone, every year, one million people are now being initiated into one or one or the other um, occult religions. Uh, that's a million. Wow. How many people did we get saved last year, folks? We're losing. We're losing. And even more interesting, we also find out that according to the scriptures, these horrific demonic forces are actually going to be released during the tribulation period because um, an angel comes down and unlocks the bottomless pit and releases those demonic creatures. Regardless of the time period, it, it, it ain't going to be a fun time. I mean, regard. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, so so you're okay. Now, now, just going back to what you said earlier, though, um, this has been prophesized that in, as we as we approach the end times, more of this is going to happen, right? Right. Um. It has to. The prophecies, as I said, in order for them to be fulfilled, we have to see things beginning in our day and age now. And and if you think these two demonic manifestations were something, folks, I'm 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 going to try to get back out and as. Doug put it, and I'm not going to lie about it. I don't have the money to do it right now. We everything is funded through the DVDs or people's donations. Here, I mean, this is not one of those rich multi-million dollar mega supported ministries. No, it's just me and God here. And yeah, and, and I'll I'll second that because, and folks, the humility, the humbleness that that you're hearing is honest, it's true, and. You know, we, 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 our platform, and I'm going to shut up, Doc, but our platform, what we do is we, we look at the, look at the projects, Doc, like yours, and we, we hope, I mean, by featuring projects like yours, we hope that people will, will, will find one or more and say, you know what, I, I want to back this person, uh, back you, for example, or, or whatever the project might be. But at least what we try to do is be the vetting mechanism for worthy projects, and certainly this is worthy. And this is uh, prima facie evidence, in my view, that your research is producing the results that people are looking for. So that's just it. The prophecy state was supposed to be looking for these things, and we've got the evidence that's happening. Now, what I'm planning on doing, Lord willing, as soon as we get the money, um, we're going to go back in this area because this area, Joe, I mean, I'm Doug, excuse me, I am not kidding. If you don't know what you're doing, you can get lost, and no one's going to find your body ever. And I mean ever. Your bones will turn to dust before anyone could possibly find you. This is a very vast um, area. This is where, you know, you you know, rattlesnakes, um, scorpions, you know, creatures that's going to want to eat you in the middle of the night. But this is where the stone circles, the ancient ones are. And this is where we're seeing the demonic activity. And what I want to do, we're going to get back out there because I have a twofold reason. We've got to get more footage, but more importantly, it's in this same area where the, um, where in the Illuminati, when I was, what, I think I was 12, 10 or 12, around that age, when I heard that in this particular area, the ancient 15-foot-tall red-headed giants resided. 
And I have spoken to a number of Native American Indians um, right in this same area, and they have told me that what I learned in the Illuminati, because I told them the exact stories I learned, they told me every story I had learned was exactly right. Now, what's What's, what's getting me closer to where I think I might finally find the remains of these giants is that there are these petroglyphs. I have got literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of petroglyphs. Um, some of these petroglyphs, human eyes haven't set foot on them for over a thousand years. But I've been climbing up these mountains like I'm some sort of goat herder. And, you know, I'm no kid. I'm 60, you know, years old. But I am climbing up these rock walls 100, 100 plus feet all the way straight up. And when you finally get to what looks like an entered place, you go in, you walk around these rocks, you go behind them, and you'll find these ancient petroglyphs that are telling the stories of these 15 foot tall giants. You, I mean, and in, you know, um, and in that um, series, um, you'll see. The petroglyphs I'm talking about, we're, um, as I said, some of them are over a thousand years old. Now, according to the ancient legends, now, this is what I learned in the Illuminati, and this is what the Indians, the Native American Indians, have confirmed. According to the accounts, over a thousand years ago in North America, um, there were these 15-foot-tall, probably higher, red-headed giants that had six fingers and six toes. And they would run um, throughout um, North America and just grab, literally just pick up buffalo. Um, or um, if the um, Indians were herding animals, whatever they may be, they would just run through the herd, scoop them up in their arms, and just keep doing it, run away with impunity. Now, by themselves, not one tribe could possibly tackle um, a tribe of giants. They just couldn't. However, someone got the bright idea and said, well, if we unite our tribes together, we can go after them. And that's what they did. Quite literally speaking, and it took quite a number of decades, but they hunted those giants down to extinction. And according to the stories, the last giants, there was about 12 or 15 of them, as I was told in the Illuminati, were cornered in this one cave. Now, the Native Americans were throwing in spears and shooting arrows to try to force them out. But the giants just remained in the cave. So they tried... Um, to smoke them out by, you know, lighting this huge fire in front of the cave. And the giants never came out. Instead, they stayed in the cave and they suffocated. Now, if you understand um, the cultural beliefs that apply to the story, no one, none of the Native American Indians would have touched that cave because that would have been considered um, um, a cursed area. They wouldn't have touched it. And um, from what I was told, they just left that and they never returned. So that means, now mind you, I, I'm, I spoke to a number of Native American Indians, plus I spoke to a number of the elders now. And they all told me 
that the stories I related to them was exactly what they've been telling their own um, kids for over a thousand years. Now that means, Doug, somewhere in that area when I, where I've been working, there's a cave that hasn't been touched for over a thousand years that have the skeletal remains of about a dozen giants. Can you imagine what would happen, what could happen if we actually found those skeletal remains? I mean, we could prove the giants, um, according to the Bible, um, existed. Therefore, the Bible's been right all along. Now, okay, let me ask you this. Do you know the ge- the exact geographical location of this cave? or um, I, I Okay, I don't. And anyone I have spoken to, any of the um, Native American Indians, if they know, they haven't told me. Okay. But this is why I need to go back out there, because I've been following uh, um, these petroglyphs, and they seem to be leaving me around like um, what a, uh, like like a giant spiral, and I and if I'm correct, the way this spiral is leading me, by the time I reach the center, if I'm correct, the cave will be in that area. Okay, wow, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. processing this now. And as I said, Joe, I mean, okay. Doug, I have found over four hundred petroglyphs. Now, one in particular, I mean, I, I mean, it literally just blew my mind. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. It's it's a hunting scene. It shows, and believe it or not, I I had an archaeologist look at this, so I didn't think I was going crazy here. When he looked at it, he said, "Oh my goodness!" He says, "That is a Tyrannosaurus Rex." And standing right next to it, just as tall, was a giant. Okay. Yeah, and you can see all these normal-sized people and animals running away from the T-Rex and the giant. And and see, Doc, am I correct? I mean, this is what is to come yet past this prologue. I mean... Taking a look in the past is we're looking at what will be released in the future. Am I right? Well, one thing I do know, Doug, that old axiom: those who do not learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat them. Mm-hmm. I see it's true because I see history in a circle because we just haven't learned its lessons. I know there were demons in the past, and I know, right. according to the scriptures that demons are going to be returning like never before. And you and I and the rest of your listening audience just saw two demonic manifestations to prove that theory. Yeah, yes, however, if, I'm, if I heard you correctly, they kind of, um, wrong place, wrong time, you know, wrong planet, wrong everything, whoops, uh, um, got to get out of here, and then blipped out. So, but, but you're saying, however... That's not going to be the case. They're going to be well, here to stay. The demons coming past, it has to be because remember, during the tribulation period, they're going to be released from the bottomless pit. Mm-hmm. Okay. This right. is done by yes. divine order now. 
Okay. You know, and if God says wait, wait, he's going to do it, well, folks, you might as well get used to the fact those demons are going to be released from the bottomless pit. And woe be to those who are here during the tribulation period to face it. All right. Now, l- l- let me ask, the from the Illuminati standpoint, you said, you, and this is something, I've just got probably a dozen or so emails about this, wanting to know uh, from your Illuminati experience, what did the Illuminati tell you as an insider about this that we're seeing? We're seeing I don't know if this you is that. part of the uh, this. What we're seeing right now will be part of what makes up the army that's going to be standing up against God during the Battle of Armageddon. Remember, and I've said this in the past, um, Doug, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but I've stated to you before that according to the Illuminati belief system, now at the end. At, um, when the battle of Armageddon hits, they're going to kill God and the Holy Spirit and put Lucifer on the throne where he rightfully belongs. Haven't I told you that? Yes, yes. That's why okay. they believe these demons are going to make up part of the armies that will destroy God and all his followers. When you say destroy God and his followers... That's, you know, um, the angels and us coming down from, for the final battle of Armageddon. Uh, okay. So, go against, uh, I understand. War with, the uh, war in the heavens, okay, war. War in the heavens, but saying. it takes place kinda, on the earth this time. Correct. Yes, it's kind of, it's almost an abstract concept, but it's not really abstract at all. It's Well, again, okay. history's repeating itself. This war... Right. Everyone thought um, the battle was over in heaven. No. That's part one. Part two concludes on earth. And and men will, I mean, men's hearts will fail them. I mean, my goodness. Um, oh, wow. This is why... So you, you, this is why they're welcoming this, these demons. This is why they've been summoning them, because they make up part of the whole of the army that will be led by Lucifer to stand up against God and, in their belief, kill God and the Holy Spirit and put their God, their so-called God, Lucifer, on the throne. Right. Okay. That's what it's all about. And, and this, okay, so what we're witnessing, and, and this is, wow, this is pretty revealing what we're witnessing here. And you see, let me just interrupt for one second. Go ahead, go. And this is why the giants were created. You see, uh, Satan could not take the heavens, so he decided he was going to take the earth, and he was going to attempt to do it by creating the first genetic experiment in history, cross-breeding the fallen demons, the fallen angels, excuse me, which are now demons, having to mate with female human beings and create a race of giants that um, ranged anywhere from nine and a half feet to 40 feet in height. And with such an army, Satan was convinced he could take the earth. But he did not God. count on yeah. God's foreknowledge and why and how God would destroy um, the first um, um, occurrence of giants, and then when they reoccurred again after the flood, God wiped them out of the land of milk and honey, or what's known as ancient Canaan. In ancient Canaan, if you just do a little bit of math and um, some digging in the Holy Scriptures, you will find out that there was approximately one million giants in that land of Canaan. A million? Yes. 
Now, there were giants throughout the world. We've got the archaeological evidence. But why ancient Canaan? Why was there such a heavy concentration? One million giants in Canaan of all places on the earth. Why that one place? Go ahead. Well, why? If, if someone will just pull out a map of ancient Canaan, and right around the center of it, you're going to find a little tuckaway place known as Bethlehem of Judea, where the Messiah was going to be born. Satan was going to try to stop the prophecy. You see, there's a belief in the occult world that if you can um, stop or unravel just one prophecy of God, you can undo the whole of it, because then God could not be God. And what they were going to try to do with the million giants was stop the prophecy of the Messiah being born. And we know that's Jesus Christ, who would be their ultimate destruction. Right. That's why Canaan, okay. one million giants, it, Satan yep. must have figured that would have been enough. Wow. When yep. you think about this, okay, now, now there, there, you've got the motive, um, of course, to to go against and, and to prove the Bible wrong or to prove God wrong. It didn't happen, but 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 there's the means by which it was attempted. The giants, the location, of course. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, do you know, in that same area, um, um, way back uh, about 5,000 years ago, there's a gigantic um, um, ringed circle. It, it consists of three, four rings, as I was called. In the Hebrew, it's called Gilgal Raphaim. Translated, yes. it means the wheel of ghosts or the wheel of giants. And interesting yep. enough, yep. We know that in that part of the Middle East, 5,000 years ago, there was no wandering nomad, nothing. There was no civilizations, nothing there. And when we, and when we look at this stone circle, as it says, it's, a, it's made up of three or four concentric rings. It's, um, and if I recall, there's something like 42,000 basalt stones that make it up, and it was dated to be 5,000 years old. The only people in that area um, during that time were the giants, according to the scriptures. And it's this insane area of Canaan. Interesting. And, yeah. you, know, you know, you take all of this information and you start, um, you, first of all, you take your Bible and then you start taking this information and you start connecting the dots. The Bible comes alive. To each one of us, the um, the backstory becomes evident. Uh, wow. Okay. Well, this is something. And of course, as I just this stated, with Gilgal-Raphim, you'll see all the evidence for yourself. It's in the DVD. I put everything from beginning to end um, when it came from what originally happened in Genesis 6, what was going on through history, brought it up to the um, creations of the stone circles, brought it up to today's modern times, and showed all the connections. Now, there's nine major sections that everyone has to go through. It's, a, it's two discs, and it says it's over three hours. This is a long study. 
but you will see all the evidence for yourself. As I say, you'll see all the ancient stone circles in Nevalikori, Gobekli Tepe, the ones in Russia, the ones in Sweden, um, um, Portugal, um, the ones um, here in America at Burnt Hill. Or if you look at the ancient megalithic structures that was built um, in Wyndham, New Hampshire, known as the American Stonehenge. And we'll take you through all the... Um, 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 occult um, for, um, crop formations. We're going to take you through absolutely every little jot and tittle so that you can see for yourself the full truth of what has happened in the past, what's going on now in the present, and what you can expect to continue to go on from this day all the way through the um, Battle of Armageddon. The evidence is all there. You can cross-reference it with the Bible, but you'll find out. It's exactly as I've been trying to explain to you folks and show to you on that footage you've seen for, you know, the last couple of hours. But it's all there. And I know Doug saw it because Doug, I remember when he was talking to me about it, he was stunned. I, yes, I will admit, Doc, that it, it was one of the most... Uh one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And folks, you can see the same thing too. I, I would really urge, I mean, it's well worth, it's well worth it to, to grab, to, to purchase, uh, the DVD set, the series as well, because it does put everything in perspective. But this, there's no way to, I mean, uh, if I would have seen this, if, if I'm sitting at a security, bank of security cameras or monitors and see, see this man, um, yeah, Doc, I'd be in therapy. Well, not not really. I mean, I. But it's obvious to me that there is something here. You've captured it. It's been captured. That is, and you've analyzed it, and you've proved the authenticity of the tape, a hundred percent. So, or the video, I should say, hundred percent. And uh, great work, man. Great, fantastic presentation. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm just glad we were able to do it because I know this was a first for the Hagman and Hagman report. I mean, I know you, you and, um, Eric, yes. you've never done anything like this before and you guys, um, deserve nothing but, um, the best kudos because you pulled off what's never been done before. It wasn't. It wasn't me. I was sleeping in the top bunk. Eric was doing everything. I, no, I'm, I'm kidding. But but no, it's it's and it's something, Doc. That that you know we are what we're trying to do. And and this because of researchers like yourself. And I mean, what we need to do is we need we need to get the word out there. And you're part of getting this word out there. Uh, what's coming? And and with that comes preparation. Knowledge is power. The application of that knowledge is greater power to fight. But we know what what it's coming up against us. And you've done it. You've been you've been at the tip of the spear on this. And you know, I just want to say thank you for all you've done, and uh, thank you for showing this. Uh, this is proprietary stuff to you, um, it, data, and, and uh, you've really given our audience a gift uh, of, of uh, you know, insight into what this contains. And I want to say thank you for that. Well, Lord willing, wow. I'll be able to give them even more if I can get back out in the field again. Because, as I said, we are narrowing this down. We're finding more and more evidence as we follow um, the, um, the petroglyphs where they've been leading us. And as it says, I'm convinced this second time around, you know, this next time around, I should say, we're going to find even more hardcore evidence. I really do. I'm convinced of it because I've got people in those a area who've been telling me 
that um, they're seeing these things. Something is going on. Something very major is about to explode, and they've been send, sending me photos and such, and I'm going, are you kidding me? We're, we're finding now <laughs> footprints, not just in the dirt, but in solid stone. You know how you, you'll find like a field of small pebbles, you know, and that's all there is? We've, there's been these footprints that when you sit down and do the math, see the specific medical math we use to try to measure anything, you know I have a medical background, right? Absolutely, yep. Right. And so when we apply the numbers, whatever is leaving, these footprints behind, Doug, the math is telling me whatever they are is standing somewhere between 15 to 18 feet in height. Uh-huh. I can't tell you I mean, I want to say it's a giant, but I don't know. I mean, I know what the math is telling me. I know what the footprints are showing me. Right. But without seeing whatever it is, I mean, I don't want to be a bad Christian teacher and say, aha, it's a giant. No. I have to reserve my opinion until I can see the evidence. You know, something is out there or something. Standard of evidence. Exactly, and there are these manifestations also happening. People are actually describing now. I've had three or four cases right now where people have told me um, what they describe is exactly that of a shadow man. Unbelievable. Doc, we're going to have to have you back. God bless you. Reach the end of the program. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you you for having me. I appreciate it. And God bless all your listeners. God bless them. Good night.